Greetings one and all, my fellow followers of the Kingdom of Science. While I was in the middle of creating a pair of rocket-powered boots, I received a cease and desist notice from a children's programming network, and I now come before you to deliver this public service announcement. Otherwise, my sponsors will cut me of my funding, and I thoroughly enjoy having the capital to spend for my various experiments. So for now, listen to what I have to say! Warning, the Dub Talk podcast may contain language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, there will be spoilers for the Dr. Stone anime leading up to episode 8 of the program, so please be advised for any and all spoilers discussed if you are not caught up to episode 8 of Dr. Stone. And of course, the opinions expressed are that of the individual participants and do not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. And finally, do not, under any circumstances, try this at home. The creations, concoctions, and constructions are certifiably real and can be very dangerous and detrimental to your well-being if you are not a trained or certified scientific professional like myself. There is a 10 billion percent chance you will be harmed if you try to recreate. But fear not. That's why we at Dub Talk shall be your personal experimental guinea pigs for the curious, like-minded individuals who want to know what happens when you get four individuals to discuss an English dub and proceed to induce physical pain by exposing them to rock-based dad jokes for over two hours. I promise tonight's experiment is not one to be missed. So stay tuned and get excited. To all who find this message, listen very carefully. The year is 5739 AD. Humanity has fallen overnight, and civilization has regressed to an extremely primitive, pre-technological state. Mass transits, Global communications and commonplace technical advancements from the 21st century are now null and void. The game has been completely reset, and what remains of humanity lives in a brand new Stone Age. However, not all hope is lost. Starting tonight, we will begin our journey to bring humanity back to where it was. I'm pledging tonight to start the Dub Talk Kingdom for the sake of humanity. With the power of science, our love of anime, and our vast knowledge of English dubs, we have what it takes. Tonight, my fellow scientists Amon, Jet, and Stephanie are here to start it all over again with the help of our friend and ally, Dr. Stone. Uh, boy, there were like at least five obvious shows I was really hoping to make with that, but you kind of cut me off at every opportunity. <laughs> I'm about to say, I'm sitting here, I'm like, starting this whole thing all over again. I don't know if I trust this uh, this guy over here who's uh, leading us. Uh, I don't even know well, who this guy is, first of all. I mean, uh, Oh, my name is Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan, and I will be the one who takes us to the new Stone Age That's world. That's a terrifying prospect. Yep, I mean, okay, I mean... Get, ex- <laughs> get excited. Oh, yep. God. Oh, sit down, sit down, Senku. 
yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say the scenario you described, it seems like a pretty good approximation of where we'll be in, like, five decades, but... You're not wrong. Mm. <laughs> not wrong, You're probably. not wrong. Ah. <laughs> uh, but, yes. Anyways, y'all excited to be here? Yes, because this is one of the only Ooh. summer shows I'm watching, because time is a thing that I don't have. Everybody's got busy schedules, but I'm happy to say that we are all here together to be discussing the English simuldub of the summer 2019 anime from Crunchyroll and Funimation, Dr. Stone. This one is based off of a weekly Shonen Jump manga series, and the synopsis is as follows. You literally just described it. You actually True. did. <laughs> that I whole intro okay. was the description of the show, except you replaced the actual characters with us, basically. Okay. Look, I'm doing a formalities and things. You know that, all right? Look, just just so I seem at least partially professional and know what, like, I am talking about oh, things, God. let's take it formally. Several thousand years after a mysterious phenomenon that turns all humanity to stone, the extraordinary, intelligent, science-driven boy Senku Ishigami awakens. Facing a world of stone and the total collapse of civilization, Senku makes up his mind to use science to rebuild the world. Starting with his super-strong childhood friend, Taiju Oki, who awakens at the same time, they will begin to rebuild civilization from nothing, depicting two million years of scientific history from the Stone Age to present... To present... To present day, the unprecedented crafting adventure story is about to begin. So, just to introduce our knowledge, who here is familiar with the manga and who here is entering this for the first time? <laughs> I just bought the manga for no reason just like five minutes ago, so you can guess where I stand! I, uh, I I bought and read the first volume when it came out, and then proceeded to buy the next five volumes without reading any of them. <laughs> as, so, as as is the Almond way. Good job. So so <laughs> neither of you are that far in the material, but you have supported the official release very well. Yes. I mean, I, I already I already give Weekly Shonen Jump Digital twenty five dollars a year, anyways. So I'm technically supporting even if I don't read it there. True that. True that. And Jet, what about you? Uh, I have more or less kept up with it since it debuted in Jordan Jump, like, two or three years ago, so, yeah. I believe it's been about two now, because I think I recall the manga debuted in 2017 sometimes. It was a batch of six new jump starts, and only, like, only two of those titles remain, in case you want to know just how actually difficult it is to survive in the world of Weekly Shonen Jump. Weekly Shonen Jump is stupid cutthroat. Uh, it's... Ah, uh, yeah, the cutthroat world of Shonen Jump. Even Kishimoto may not be immune. <laughs> that remains to be seen, but for sure, it really is a dangerous wild world where only the cream of the crop, or those who are stupid lucky, get to survive in the end. And... If you lived long enough to get an anime adaptation, you've come farther than most. And I can safely say Dr. Stone has managed that. And it has received an English dub too. 
now. We could talk a lot about the characters and players in the series, but what's an English dub without those who are running the show? And those who run the show are the ADR directors and script writers. So, did anybody have any predictions for this one? Sure. Uh, all right, Stephanie? Uh, one of my director picks is obvious because it's me. Um, I'll start with um, my director picks first because my writers kind of coincide with who usually works with these directors. Um, my second choice in director, because I've seen a couple of things that he's directed. He's still fairly new in terms of a full-time director. Um, but I was very curious to know how he would handle a very action-oriented series like this. I haven't seen, what was it he did? Nights and Magic, I believe it is. But I have been watching Mix. So I was very curious to see Anthony Bowling's take, um, on if he were to direct this show. However... Because, because he seems to be taking on a lot of like ma major projects nowadays, and considering the tone of the show as well as the com the comedic aspects of it, um, I actually felt that Clifford Chapin would be a great choice as a director on this. Uh, writers are both writers that have worked with either of them bef uh, who have worked, I believe, with both of them before um, and I believe are good with this kind of material and it sounds like cause some of, there is some of the weird, um, I'm not going to say controversy, weird issues um, in terms of the translation for the show itself in the simulcast form and how it's been adapted in the English. So it sounds like a faithful adaptation to the original source material was going to be needed here uh, with maybe a little bit of a twist here and there. So my two writer picks were Jared Hedges and Clayton Browning. Interesting choices. Interesting choices. Um, Jet, who uh, did you have for this one? Okay, uh, so I'm going to preface this by saying that uh, I made my predictions before the show aired. Because for the longest time, this show was being promoted in English by Crunchyroll. So the assumption, like, and this was after the Funny Roll thing had broken off, obviously. So, so, the, so what was the assumption yep, there? So the assumption was that this was going to be a California dub. So literally all my predictions are with the assumption this was a California dub. Uh, specifically a bag zoom dub. I mean, so, not hmm. wrong. Good assumption. Yeah. Uh, so for ADR director, I said Tony Oliver because I figured, well, Hunter x Hunter is over now. He's probably... <coughs> okay. Hunter Hunter, uh. Jet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you fedora-wearing fucks, sit down. No, this is literally, I saw a tweet of this the I other day curse. where even though, even though you know the X in Hunter Hunter is not said... The first thought is to say Hunter x Hunter, and I just wanted to I wanted to bust his balls for All a right, second. All right, sit your that. ass down. Okay, uh, nope. okay, so like I was saying, Hunter Hunter is over now. Good job. So, okay, so, so, so okay, well, he's not directing anything long running now, and who knows in the next season of JoJo's is coming in English, so, yeah, so sure, why not? And, I mean, to be fair, the, the question isn't if, it's when. Okay, 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 yeah, I said when. Okay, okay. Yeah. And for, okay. Okay, and for ADR script, I said Erica Mendez because she's proven to be a pretty reliable script writer and she does pretty faithful adaptations. 
And and also knows how to you know be a little fun with the script, so I figured he'd be a good pick here. Okay, interesting. So, I will say it's very interesting having you two with different thought processes on predictions. Uh, Stephanie went with a whole uh, Texas-based dub prediction cast. Uh, Jet, you went for a whole California prediction cast. Can I cast. say one thing about my predictions? So, yes, um? I originally watched the first two episodes in Japanese while with Andrew when I was visiting him for his birthday. Of course, this is after we find out that the simul dub is with Funimation, hence my brain went Texas. So realistically, I already knew this was going into, going into Funimation territory, whereas Jet, he did not at the time. So just throwing that out there. Okay, th thank you for the clarification. I just wanted to bring this up because I made this predict- I made predictions- not splitting the difference basically between the both of you in that I have a prediction for both a theoretical Texas Funimation dub and a California theoretical Bang Zoom dub. Congratulations, Ender. You have finally become me. I became. Andrew, that is actually. Andrew, jet. Andrew pulled a jet. Wait, which show was it that you had two different lists for predictions again? I can't remember. Uh, I was on that episode. I, okay, I know okay, I was. I, I've done this at least multiple times. I've done this several times, so you'll have to be more specific. Damn. <laughs> he has done this a lot in the past as Do well. Do you remember That's which ones? Do you remember which ones you did? Because there was one I did, I think. Either uh, editing or was on. I do not recall, honestly. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yes. I forgot to mention this as well. I have also been reading the manga day one in the weekly Shonen uh, Jump uh, publication see, before it changed as well. See, here's, so I'm... here's the funny thing. Um, just small tangent. So, I pulled a jet, too. We never actually got into this. I, may, I did get dubcast for both Texas and um, California for Promise Neverland. So we never got to do it, but I pulled the jet too. <laughs> okay, so ever, ever, here's the thing. We joke. This just means we are more yep. prepared with whatever we, is thrown our yep. way. A yeah. And for who I predicted, in the case that this was a Funimation dub, my ADR director prediction was Mike McFarland because he mm. seems quite capable when it comes to, like, bigger shonen productions as well as very interesting unique shows like this and i thought he would have been a very good fit and for a california bang zoom prediction i predicted chris Kaysen because i have really loved the work he has been doing recently in regards to things like one punch man and mob psycho 100 i thought he would have been a really good fit for the kind of interesting humor and dynamics that this show presents i didn't have predictions for adr script and Amon, I believe you do not have predictions. You're just here for the fun, rocky road ahead of you, aren't you? God damn you? it. I'm very disappointed you went with a rock pun and not a science pun. This is a science pun show, Andrew. Get with the program. <laughs> Get excited. Uh, Get excited! God. I'm, I'm sorry. My beaker wasn't quite filled up yet. This doesn't move me one millimeter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The show has a lot okay. more catchphrases than I was expecting. It's great, though. <laughs> it's great. But who would write and direct the wonderful lines and deliveries in this English dub? Well, 
we can now safely confirm, as we mentioned earlier, this is, in fact, a Funimation Dallas, Texas-based dub. And the people at the helm are... The ADR directors are Clifford Chapin and assistant ADR director Michelle Rojas. And our ADR script writers are Tyler Walker and our assistant ADR director... ADR script writer for episode 5 is Aaron Dismuke. Uh, Clifford Chapin has directed such shows as SSSS Gridman, Darling in the Frank, Chio School Road, and That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Michelle Rojas has directed for such things as The Ones Within, Hensuki, I'm not saying the entire name of that show, you can't make <laughs> me, and to my surprise doing research, she did assistant ADR for Disappearance of Nagato Yuki-chan. I did not know that. That was a fun discovery. Uh, Tyler Walker has written for such things as Ace Attorney, The Morose Mononokian, Ninja Slayer from Animation, and the Fairy Tale series as a whole, meaning all the seasons he has worked on scripts for a lot of that. Aaron Dismuke has written for such things as Nanbaka, Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens, Kino's Journey, The Beautiful World, and Attack on Titan Season 3, Parts 1 and 2. So, starting us off, Amon, mm-hmm. what did you th- what did you think? How did this sound? You think it sounded pretty good, or did you think it sounded a little bit rocky? Again, for the rock puns. I'll come up with some good science ones. Right now, I'm working in my element. You're failing. Ugh, everyone's a critic. D plus. Ha ha. Now that you've derailed my thought with that awful joke, um, <laughs> no, the stub, the stub, the stub's good. I like this stub. Uh, this is a, this is a, this is a good, good, this is a good fiery show. This is weird in that it's like half fiery shonen show and half just like straight educational show. I don't think I've seen that mix before. Uh, it's interesting, uh, but actually, I, I think the dub handles this very well. Uh, it's good at doing sort of the big exaggerated. Uh, you know, sort of emotional action beats when they're coming up, but uh, occasionally, you know, everyone has to slip down and explain how, you know, gunpowder works or something like that. Um, and those actually, I think, work very well. They they feel in tone with the rest of the show. They don't feel like they have been dropped in from, like, you know, an educational film or something like that. Um, but they actually feel fun. I could actually, I could buy a small child watching this and getting into science because of, look at you know, look at how exciting this all is. Um... You, know, you say that, and then their takeaway is just going to be, I want to make gunpowder. Uh, okay, you have literally explained why they had to make Robo Senku be like, don't try this at home. Kids. Yes, Mecha Senku <laughs> is adorable, by the way. Yeah, don't, don't, don't make, don't make bombs at home. Don't try this at home. Yeah, that's probably worth doing that, like, specifically an anime-only invention. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, how commercially available is sulfur? Can you just get that? I don't know. Um... Be hard to hide from your parents. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, also, I like I like the bit at the end where it's like, please don't forage for food. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> don't do this. You are not a caveman. <laughs> You're not even a science caveman. Uh, back to the point. Yeah, this is this is. I think the the casting I think is very strong. As I'll talk about more when we get to the individual characters. I think the direction's been uh, well done. Uh, the adaptation, I think, has been good. I, I recall, if if I remember correctly, uh, I think um, 
at some point recently, I think, um, I think it's Caleb who does the translation. Caleb, yeah, Caleb Cook. Caleb Cook who does the translation for the Dr. Stone manga actually complimented them. It's like, oh, they've used, like, uh, some of the localization that I've been using for the manga, which my understanding is the subs weren't doing that originally. I know he gave them props for that. Um, mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with this. This is a, this is a good, this is a good strong dub. I'm glad, I'm glad this is airing on TV. This feels like something yeah. that, like, yeah, no. No, this 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 definitely can this definitely deserves that boost to a wider audience. I'm very happy with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh Jet, what did you think? Okay, um So as I've said many times on this podcast, uh, Clifford Tape is definitely one of Funimation's most reliable ADR directors right now, so uh when he sees a potential project, it's generally in pretty good hands and this is definitely no exception. Uh, right off the bat, all the performances here sounded pretty smooth, and I also gotta say, a lot of the actors really felt like they've been voicing their characters for a good while, which is definitely a positive when you're starting off what could be a potentially long-running Jonin franchise. Uh, I like a lot of the casting choices, they all seem pretty solid, and while there aren't any, like, particularly super surprising names in the cast so far, everyone seems like a pretty good fit for the roles they were given. And I'm especially happy with who was cast as Senku, since it is maybe a little bit of a diversion from that actor's usual typecast. As uh, far as the script goes, I'm pretty happy with what Tyler Walker's done so far. And as somebody who's been reading the manga since the debut of Jump, I'm definitely pretty pleased that it's very consistent with Vincent's translation. Uh, even more so than Carter Roll's subtitle script has been, but we're, got, we're not going to dig too deep into that. Uh... The dialogue also manages to stay pretty consistent with the show's setting, like, you don't see characters dropping a whole bunch of modern slag or anything. I mean, like, I mean, Senku does, like, maybe once or twice, but it's not, like, a super consistent thing, and I appreciate that. He also is a character that lived in the 21st century, where some of these terminologies existed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, there was also that. Uh, I mean, there was, like, maybe, uh, I mean, there was, like, maybe a couple of instances where I thought maybe one character in particular might have had a little bit too much prose, but it's more of a nitpick than, like, a serious flaw. And on the whole, I'd say that, for me, this was honestly easily Funimation's best simuldub for the summer season, so good job, gang. You did a great job. So what you're saying is there was some small cracks, but nothing crumbled. It actually stayed pretty still. Yeah, pretty much. Good uh... to hear. <laughs> Can we stop with the stone rock puns? Jesus. Podcasting with Andrew is suffering. <laughs> ah, y'all love it. And speaking of no, love, I don't. Stephanie, what'd you think? I think I don't love you anymore, is what I think. <gasps> no! That's mean! <laughs> oh, what, what can I say? I fucking love you. It doesn't matter. You idiot. Um. Correction, mm -hmm. you big oaf. Ah! There it is. Um, <laughs> as someone who basically has no, who had zero knowledge of this going into <laughs> into the show, only like um, background on just a brief summary of what the, the story, uh, things like that. <laughs> it's definitely been an interesting ride so far. Um, the show itself has been a lot of fun and is one of the few shows that, again, I'm watching the, for the summer season because work is a thing that exists and I have no time anymore for my life. Um, it's And because it's also on Tsunami, uh, I get the fun privilege of watching it on TV just like I'm on set and it's a fun time. But anyway, um, 
in terms of the directing and writing, uh, I'm going to start with the writing first. Uh, like it was brought up briefly between Amon and Jet, uh, it does, having watched the first two episodes of the Japanese subtitles from Crunchyroll and then moving to the dub eventually, there are significant differences. And um, I do, <laughs> I, I haven't read the manga again, but I do like the adaptation that Tyler Walker has created and worked with. Um, so far, it, it does really good with the comedic moments in terms of the writing. Um, it does have some fun and interesting terminology um there is a bit of modern slang but again it, it's really just restricted to um our major four our four major characters who were revived so senku uh taiju yuzuriha and Sukasa to an extent but mostly senku <laughs> um and also some fun little references uh to things like uh doraemon or um what was a couple ones that senku had mamataro, mamataro was yeah. another one um that popped up in episode uh, eight Monst uh, Monster Hunter, Dragon yep. Quest, and Mario. Yep. Mario yeah. too. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is worth doing. Those were all with the manga too, so that wasn't like an adaptational thing. That's just like the material. No, I would be mm. very surprised they adapted Doraemon into the dub. That's <laughs> that's 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 not a thing English speaking people care about. No, it's it's, uh, it's a Japan lot of tried. Japan tried, but it didn't quite work yeah, out. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, most U.S. speakers don't really know about Mobutaro either, so. That's tr well, I, uh, that's also true, but that that's at least like classy old timey Japanese, not the robot cat from the future. No, it's still a lot we of. No one can tell he's a cat because his ears fell off. No, but my point is, you get fun little references, but it really only stays restricted to the um, main cast, with the exception of the Momotaro reference. But the Momotaro reference is actually used in a fun way, um, as a as like this old story told for generations. It's actually really interesting how they do it in the um, in the show and probably in the manga too. Um, so. I have to give credit where credit is due to Tyler, and I, whenever Aaron Disney writes episodes, it's always a fun time, and I wish he could get, get more of an opportunity to do so. But the combination I actually never seen before um, is the combination of Cliff as a director, Tyler as the writer on, a, on the same show before. Um, which is it's a very strange combination to me but it, i think it actually really really works very well because tyler is very in tune uh to when it comes to original source materials for different um series and projects and i think that's a great benefit uh, and it definitely gives cliff a lot to work with um as well and i have to commend cliff because I know Jet said he's become probably one of the most reliable directors that funimation has in, in their arsenal um but I think it's, for him, it's also been slow progression, too. Like, he's been building this up, and he has become that reliable director. And I think not only that, but he's, again, I think I've mentioned this before. I think he, personally he's one of the better directors in their arsenal, too. Um, because he's willing to have fun with these shows, take these risks. Um, Senku is a very fun choice, by the way. <laughs> but I think... Uh, it's very it, the directing is very very solid um with this show because it has the serious and um also educational aspects which we've seen in some of cliff's work before uh like darling in the franks and maybe great man to an extent it does have the comedic moments and the comedic timing to go with it particularly with <laughs> snarky sassy senku and balls to the walls, uh, Taiju, and probably Chrome to an extent as well. So, mm -hmm. Cliff's one of Cliff's strengths as a director too is his is his direction when it comes to comedy, um, and that 
is definitely prominent uh, with shows like Chio School Road. So being able to to utilize that experience and that knowledge um, and bring it into this show, and especially with Senku's sarcastic and almost dry humor, because dry humor can be difficult to pull off, um, it works very, very well. So in terms of Senku it's himself, um, kudos to both Cliff as well as um, the actor for Senku, because that dry humor can sometimes be difficult to pull off. Mm. So that combination there, I think, works very, very well. Um, but overall, uh, even though I only have seen like two, maybe three shows from the summer season, this is definitely my favorite. Okie dokie. Uh, let's see. I think before I start my particular section, I'm going to do that thing all of you love so much. Oh, God. Man, who'd have thought that a man named Cliff would work on a show like Dr. Stone? Get the fuck it's out! Good. It's good to know that this Cliff has yeah. a very solid uh, okay. foundation to work okay, off okay, of. Okay, 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 Andrew, I hope Stop. you remember that I will be... Andrew, I hope you remember I'll be seeing you next week, meaning I can't kill you. <laughs> Jet, Jet, Andrew. Jet, here's the thing. I would normally say, I, please don't. You have my permission to kill him. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, I think you misunderstand. People groan at bad at dad jokes because they are bad, but there's still jokes. There's still humor in them. The fact that you you're can't trying just say rock words. No, no, no. The fact that you're trying to call this a dad joke says a lot. God damn it! It's it just it's it just it, there needs to be humor underneath. You can't just say things. That isn't how comedy works. Ah, uh, you know what's underneath all of us sometimes? The earth stone. And you know who's directing Stone? Cliff. Clifford Chapin is a very is a very capable director who I've been very impressed with his work in the past several years at Funimation. And I think there's a level of passion and care that he really puts into his craft over the years that really translates where pretty much he's experimented with a lot of He's experimented with a lot of different things over the past several years in terms of a genre. He's done some weird shows. He's done some shonen stuff. He's done some isekai. He's done some dramas. He's done some period pieces. And he's done some shonen stuff. He's also assistant director on My Hero Academia, so he's no stranger to that. But this is a mix of, like, a shonen period piece, but also an interesting kind of mad anarchist cookbook uh, for kids kind of thing. A mad anarchist it's... cookbook? Yeah. Because, I mean, where else are you going to read anything about making gunpowder and explosive and penicillin and all that kids jazz? Kids, don't try this at home. Andrew, you're going to get us on a watch list. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> we're already on a watch list. I want no list. part in this. I don't want no part in this. Andrew, I but love... Yeah. We're, we're, we're currently on a watch list that, like, Weebs put together. You're going to get the FBI interested in us. <laughs> no, don't no, 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 no. Here, see, here's the thing. Andrew has told me that if I were ever arrested, he would not bail my ass out. Andrew, I am not bailing you. This is your own deal. You know what? That's... That's fair. <laughs> Anyways, look, look, if we're already on the FBI's list, let's go on the call-out post for a second, no! because whoever made the, the people who made this anime, I'm actually thinking they're doing a pretty good job, but I'm very disappointed in one decision they chose to omit from the manga, which made me think, y'all are cowards. Of course. Uh, look, I was going to bring it up sooner or later. Let's just do it now since we're already on the FBI watch list. There is a point in the first chapter of this manga where Donald Trump is shown being petrified and turned to stone. Is there really? 
Yes. There is really. This is I a thing that happens. I just the first volume, and now I have to find this shit. Hold on. It is literally yes. in chapter it's one. It's in chapter one, one sweetie. On. It's right there. Hold on. I keep talking. I gotta find this shit. Also, it's worth noting that, interestingly enough, there did exist uh, early drafts of Chapter 1 where Hillary Clinton was shown being turned to stone as well. These are fun facts. These are not political opinions. These are just observations. All I'm saying it's is the fact, though, that they the fact that they chose not to do that for anime, y'all are cowards. Anyways, that's my call-out post. Uh, Clifford Chapin's a really good director, and everybody in the show sounds really good and is giving their all. Also, really interesting to see Michelle Rojas uh, assisting him as well. Uh, I think it's good to see them uh, getting to try directing. <gasps> They've been directing things, and honestly, I think they it could be very interesting to see what Michelle's going to do in the future, whether she's helping other people out or whether she's doing other stuff on, on their own. I'm excited to see, but I think it's a good tag team, and I think the... Direction sounds great. Uh, Stephanie, you sound like you're a bit flabbergasted right now. Do you have something to share? Do you have something to share with the class? <laughs> I found it. <laughs> okay, she found it. I'm going to read the captions for this. He's sitting at his desk in the White House, and he's turned to stone, and this is what it says. Terrorists? No, I can't die yet. There's still so much to do. Oh, no. Consciousness <laughs> slipping away, and that's it. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that it that is extremely out of character. That's all I'm gonna say. Anyways, um before anyways, uh script writing. Uh yes, we have made some comments that like some of the uh adaptation choices in the Crunchyroll subtitles uh omit a couple of key phrases. Cause here's the thing about uh the Dr. Stone. There's a lot of big fancy translations, references, and scientific checks because they actually do a lot of like because even though this is kind of mad sci-fi science, there is still some semblance of realistic science in there. And the author did consult actual uh, scientific uh, assistants to research some of these particular facts. So there is some realism to it. So there's a lot of scientific terminology. Senku has... All these characters sound very different, and they all have specific catchphrases. Senku himself has, like, three. Uh... But yeah, I'm glad a lot of those little visual quirks, those audio quirks of all these characters sound distinct and all their own, and they really translate well in English, and there's a passion, and you can tell they really looked into the translation material and really wanted to recreate it. Uh, Tyler Walker, Aaron Dismuke, uh, the script sounds fantastic, all these characters sound really great, there's some great lines of dialogue I'll get into, but... The script sounds solid, the direction sounds fantastic, and all in all, this is a great dub, and I'm enjoying it. Okay, so do I have 30 seconds of your time? Oh, Laura, here it is. I, I have 30 seconds of your time, because at the time of this recording, we are at episode 8. So there are two characters... I'm familiar with the manga, so... I want to talk about two characters briefly and their predictions. I have 30 seconds, uh, go. Uh, Gen is a, uh... He's a mentalist, and he's a really interesting character. Uh, Kiseki is a old man, and he is he is very talented, and he's got more things going for him. Uh, the predictions I had for these characters, uh, again, if it was Funimation, Josh Greeley, uh, 
Kyle McCarley, if it was Funimation. Uh, Kaseki, R. Bruce Elliott, if it was Funimation. Richard F. Carr, if it was California. I like both of these characters. I can't wait to hear more of them in English, and I think you guys will enjoy them too. Anyways, I am done. I got to mention those characters really quickly. Let's move on, and I can't wait to hear who plays them in he English. He really wanted to, to talk uh, about them. <laughs> to, oh, uh, Andrew, uh, not to uh, your balls here, but uh, you said Kyle McCarley from Funimation. I heard that so. too. <laughs> I was being rushed, and I felt like I was going to get shooed off with a giant cane if I didn't ta do it in 30 seconds. Are you seconds. trying to anyway. call me old? Because you know that was going to be me going after you. I was, why was that the impression? I was the one who was arguing with you earlier. Fine, you were going to pull me like the by the ear like I was Brock. I, like, ah, okay. I'm Misty. It's great. Basically, you're, you're Misty. Yay. Anyways... Those are really cool characters. Can't wait to hear them in English. Our next group of characters are Kinro, Ginro, and Rui. Kinro and Ginro are the guards to a village of people who have been living inside of the stone world pre-petrification of humanity. Uh, they watch over the bridge and make sure no outsiders, aka Senku, ever step on its shores. And Rui is the elder sister of Kohaku, and she is also very sickly, and she is the priestess of the village. Did anybody have predictions for these characters? No. Amon, I don't think you had any predictions. Uh, Stephanie, you did not predict these characters, am I correct? Nope. Uh, Jet. Um, I only had predictions for Gidro. That's it for Gidro and Kidro. Let me see if I can pull them up real fast. Uh, okay. Also, I should clarify, Kinro and Ginro sound very similar. Kinro is the very tall, muscular, is a very tall, muscular boy who has some muscles, and he looks more serious, and he's got a really cool scar. Uh, Gidro is a character I could briefly describe as that little blonde bitch. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's see. For Kinro, I said Greg Tune because I figured, okay, I'm gonna be a character with a really deep voice. Greg Tune. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, Greg Tune is a really deep voice. I enjoy hearing Greg Tune and things. He would probably be a lot of fun here. Uh, for, okay, and as for Kinro, I figured, okay, like, loud. Okay, I figured, like, good, loud comic relief. And I'm like, you know what? This character hasn't done a really good comic relief character in a while, and I enjoyed. Like, and I enjoyed the kind of gremlin they played in part four of JoJo, so I said Lucian Dodge. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okie dokie. Uh, so, I will say this much. I actually did not have predictions for Rui, Rui herself, but I did have uh, two predictions for Kinro and Ginro. Uh, for Kinro, in the case it was a Funimation dub, I thought Austin Tindall had the stern authoritative voice that would have worked very well for this character and if this were a california dub i thought koi dao would have been a very good pick for this character as well he's got a very stern but cool voice that would have lended itself well to kinro ginro uh i thought Stephen Fu has been doing a lot of very good comedic roles for this character, and Ginro's a lot more goofy than he initially lets on to be. And I thought Steven's voice would have added a lot of wit fun whimsy to him. And for a California performance, I thought, you know what? 
Max Middleman can be very funny and goofy, and he plays some blonde bitches sometimes too. So I thought Max Middleman would have been a very good pick. And as for who is playing our characters from the village, Keenro is played by Josh Greeley. Ginro is played by Justin Briner, and Rui is played by Kristen McGuire. Josh Greeley has played such characters as Nobuchika Ginoza from Psychopaths, Byaki Yatogami from Danganronpa the Animation, Oxford from Soul Eater, and Yuri Kotsky from Yuri on Ice. Justin Briner has played Luck Volta from Black Clover, Alpha Omega Nova from Space Patrol Lulico, and Quenther Barbatage from Heavy Object, and Michaela Hyakia from Seraph of the End. Krista McGuire has played Hinano Kurahashi from Assassination Classroom, Tatami Nakagame from My Hero Academia, Senko from The Helpful Fox Anko-san, and Malim Nava from That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Aman, would you like to start us off about these interesting village boys and girls? Sure. Uh, so, Ginro uh, and Ginro, are, are, they're a pair. They're, they're those two knuckleheads. You know, one's a little strong and a little braver. The other one would probably rather not be here. <laughs> uh, and they're, 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 they're both very good. Uh, Josh is always a fun time, pretty much any, anywhere he is. Uh, he's really good here. He does the good kind of like steely macho guy voice he's tough he's badass but he is not entirely above bribery as that seen gold by him by a, his, name, his name is gold his name means gold so it's appropriate um but he's not he's not perhaps not quite as high-minded as he would like to believe if only because he appears to be i don't know mid-teens maybe sounds about right probably not not dramatically older than uh than um you know any of the other main cast members so um, but don't, Josh is really fun as him. He's good, just good. Like he sounds, he sounds, he sounds, he sounds like a block of wood, but in a good way. He's a like block. Somebody you, uh, he, he sounds like the kid you put at the bridge because he'll mess up anyone who's going to try and start something. Um, Justin is not that character. Uh, he is doing that thing Justin is good at, where he plays kind of shrimpy dudes who probably shouldn't be here. Uh, but you know, they only have so many young men who can hold a spear, so. Sorry, Justin, you gotta be that guy. That almost sounded like a euphemism. I'm sure it did. God damn it. Um, uh, but Justin's good, Justin's good at playing this kind of character. I think he's very funny here. He gets some very good lines. I liked him complaining about, like, well, I want a silver spear. Let's swap if you're so unattached to your gold spear. Gimme. Come on, gimme. <laughs> no, it's mine. Gimme. I want a silver spear. I make him sound whinier than he is, but he's, he's very entertaining. He's very no. he's good at that. No, he is. He is that whiny. So rude. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, no, they're 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 very entertaining. I like them a lot. They haven't shown up too much uh, since now, and since uh, we have like long surpassed the part of the manga that I've actually read up to, I have no idea if these two stick around or not. Uh, but they're very entertaining. I like them. Uh, I don't have quite as much to say about Kristen as Rory just because um, she hasn't shown up much. Uh, I like her performance. She sounds she sounds good. Um, she sounds like yeah, like obviously the character is like ill, but clearly is somebody who like tries to be active despite that. And I did think that uh, and Kristen kind of brought that to her. Like she sounds you know uh, you know sort of cute but a little reserved. 
Um, I thought they did a good job matching her voice to the actress who plays um, Kohaku. Like, I thought they believably sounded like, oh yeah, these people were related. Um, which I, I, I think is not always necessarily consideration for casting in some of these shows, especially for, like, you know, siblings that don't show up that much. Um, but I, I appreciated that. Um, they did sound like, you know, oh yeah, no, these sound like relatives and people who would be close to each other. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Okie dokie. Jet? Okay, um, I don't have any notes on these three, actually, so I'll very briefly start with Chris and McGuire's Rory, uh, since I don't have uh, too much to say. Uh, so, like, I don't have too many thoughts on Rory, but I thought Chris's performance sounded, you know, like, very warm and inviting, very... <clears throat> it's, uh, it's, it's very kind of regal in a sense of the guest kind of fits her, you know, being the whole, like, village priestess thing. Okay, and while we don't see too many of her interacting with Kohaku, I do like that, you know, she sounds very much like a concerned older sister. And while, you know, also still sounding kind of sickly since, you know, she has that whole disease going on. And, uh, and like Abon was saying, I appreciate that she and Kohaku definitely sound like sisters. They have a very similar tone to the point where I, to the point where I, act, there were a couple of times where I actually mistook Kristen for... Kohaku's voice actress, like, I wasn't sure if it was the same person doing Double Duty, so I actually sat down and looked at the credits, so, uh, so, so yeah, I thought that was very interesting, and, uh, definitely looking forward to hearing more of Kristen. Uh, as for Kinro and Kinro, um, it's like, I'm, like, I'm enjoying these two in the manga, like, they aren't, like, quite my favorite members of the ensemble, but they're always a lot of fun, and, I, like, and I kind of like their whole dynamic, I definitely... Like, I definitely like Dasha's kid, uh, Kenro, you know, we don't see him go, you know, we don't see him going on the gruffer end of things too often, but whatever he does, it's usually a lot of fun, and I like how his Kenro sounds, you know, very authoritative, very stern, but he, like, but even though he's very much sickly for the rules, he's very, and like, uh, he, he, he's very susceptible to bribery, and I kind of, <laughs> and I kind of like how easily Saku plays him, and that whole spear thing was pretty funny. Um, as for, <laughs> uh, as for Ginro, uh, well, again, I didn't really have any, <laughs> I didn't really have any Funimation predictions for this, if I had predicted Funimation, uh, Justin as Ginro is definitely, would have definitely been a pretty obvious choice for me, because, I mean, you look at this character, you look at the, all the characters Justin's voice, this is just a really, <laughs> okay, yeah, this is just a really obvious, like, round hole, round hole, put a circle in there kind of thing. Round hole square uh, peg. Uh, well, it would be round hole square peg if it didn't fit, but it fits perfectly. Ah, got it. So it's round hole round peg. Yeah, pretty much. Ah, okay. I missed that part. My bad. It it fits it fits like a glove. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he's definitely a lot of fun to listen to. He's the okay. He's the right about he's the right about the whiny where he just sounds <laughs> where he's uh, where he sounds he's just perpetually scared of everything and a, like a total goofball, but never. Okay, but never to the point where he's, like, really annoying and you kind of want to punch him in the face. So, I definitely appreciate that. And, like, and he's, and he's just really delightful to listen to. Again, I like a lot of his interactions with Kid Row. I think their whole dynamic is pretty funny. Like, and especially his whole thing about just whining for a silver spear that he never quite manages to get. And, like, and, I, and I felt kind of bad for him. Just let him have his silver spear. Just give it to him. <laughs> Just give it to him. He's been a good boy currently. <laughs> what? Uh, don't worry about it. Stephanie! He's trying to hint something to me about this kid? I'll take that as a yes. Not I'll at all. I'll take that as a yes. Not I will take all. that as a yes. Come on. 
Okay. Lord. Um. Shit. Okay. Um. I don't have a lot of notes about these characters either. Um, I'll start with Rui. Um, I'm in agreement with both Jet and Amon. Um, Kristen actually is is a very soft spoken, soft, softer tone um, compared to her sister Kohaku, who we'll probably talk about um, shortly. And they, because the two actresses who voice um, Rui and Kohaku have a similar tone to them. Like this soft, gentle, wispy tone, in a sense. Um, it actually works very well, and, and like they were saying, they do sound like sisters. Um, I almost got confused thinking that Rui was um, played by Kohaku's actress when we first meet her, but then I realized that Rui actually didn't say a word yet, and then figured out... <sighs> and then we figured out, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> but um, there's that. Um, I'm, I just want to see a bit more of Rui... Uh, for sure. Um, especially the curious fact that, um, isn't she the one who knew about uh, Momotaro and was telling the story? Yes, she does seem to know about stories from the world before. Curious what's that yep. about. So that's going to be very interesting to see how um, that comes into play. Um, as for Kinro and Ginro, <laughs> the two knuckleheads here. Um, it's funny that when you were talking about credits for Josh Greeley, you brought up Ginoza from Psychopaths, the tone of mm -hmm. voice that is used for Ginoza is actually really similar um, to Kinro here. Um, and it works actually rather well, because Ginoza is also a very authoritative figure, like stickler for the rules, that kind of deal. Um, so it works very, very well uh, in Kinro's case here. <laughs> but again, Kinro isn't, is, isn't like a stickler for bribery. <laughs> And yeah, that whole bit between um, him and Senku about the gold spear was just just spot on. It was great. Um, and then Ginro. Oh, Justin. Justin, Justin, Justin. You poor, poor thing. Wanting your silver spear. Um, Ginro, to some extent in terms of personality, except maybe less psychotic, reminds me of Luck from Black Clover to an extent. Uh, so that's I, I the, the tone is very similar, and the, at least some of the personality seems to translate very well. Like, oh, but come on, I want a silver spear. <laughs> and then there's like, you have luck. Oh, but come on, let's fight. <laughs> Goddamn luck. Um, but what I really like about both Josh and Justin, it, even though they're really good individually, I really like the back and forth and the banter between the two of them whenever they're on screen together. It's always such a fun little treat. Um, the are bickering about... <sighs> I need to stay awake. Them bickering about <laughs> the gold spear or them bickering about the rules and not letting people in here and all this fun stuff. And then tr them try watching them try and have that standoff with Kohaku and Kohaku's like, oh... But I'm at a disadvantage. It's two against one. And she just looks like doom and gloom. And she's gonna like ready to cut a bitch. <laughs> and they're just like, ah! <laughs> it was great. Um, but definitely for the highlight in terms of um, Ginro and Kinro is the banter and the back and forth between the two of them. And that's very well done. So, so far so good with these characters. I just wanna, uh, obviously we need to see more of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, starting with Rui, uh, Kristen does a very great job, making her sound very sweet 
and supportive. Also sounding a little bit elder and wiser, but also sounding a little more nurturally and supportive when it comes to her sister Kohaku. But also does a very good convincing job sounding very, uh, what's the word? Not well. Her condition is not well. We don't know what she has, but in the old stone world, it may as well just be inevitable death disease. Generic blood, generic blood cough. Just the blood cough, the hives, the diarrhea, all the good stuff, you know. I was talking about the thing that, like, fancy ladies in Victorian tiny movies get. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm just, uh, (laughs) what were you talking about? I mean, I'm talking about TB mostly. Oh, I'm talking about the reality where it, you got a cough or something in this world, you're basically just dead. That's why, like, he basically made soap, and it's like, this is how we choose to not die, is with this bar of lime. You do realize humans have immune systems, Andrew. Like, they're not that helpless. True, but it's like, you get slightly cold, you might not do so good if you're not careful. Either way, uh, Kristen has this very sweet tone of voice, and it actually does match really well with Kohaku. And it's, yeah, I I kind of, I would also mention, I remember one person was saying they weren't sure these were different characters because her and Kohaku look very similar, though there's a discussion for, uh, I think, boy, uh, the, because here's the thing about uh, Dr. Stone, it has a author and it has a illustrator. The illustrator is a Korean artist named Boichi, who has this very fascinating, hyper-realistic style. Okay, not hyper-realistic, hyper-detailed style. A lot of things look really good in it. The things that don't always look great are the female character design, so to speak. It's not terrible. Like, I'll I'll say this. I don't think it's as egregious as, like, Oda's hourglass weights, but... They have some interesting bug eyes and tiny mouths. They look a little curious sometimes. Yeah. Like, I've gotten used to it, but it is kind of funny comparing it to some of the other designs. It's just one of the weird, like, quirks of him as an artist, I've noticed. But regardless, uh, Kristen does a very good job as Rui, and I can't wait to hear more of her soon. Uh, Ginro and Ginro. Uh, everybody's talking a lot about their dynamic, but nobody has talked about um, the, the thing that's pretty obvious. Uh, there is no way in hell... That Ginro is a top. No way at all. Andrew, keep your shipping fantasies out of the episode, please. I'm not. I'm just that's speaking what, that's facts what here. Is for. Andrew, I love you. What? But why? Look, all I'm saying is, Ginro's a little blonde bitch. There's no way he could top anything. He could barely top a butterfly. Like he's, he is just a. He is doing his best and trying to seem like he's being helpful, but he is You are underestimating this child. <laughs> no, I think I think y'all overestimating him. That's all I'm saying. No, I, 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 good think, I think you're just making th- taking things way out of proportion. That's what I think. Anyways, uh, let's start with Ghidorah then, because Ghidorah is a little... He's a little blonde bitch baby who's trying to... Uh, be cute and have a good time and really isn't that attentive he's also very easily 
jealous and whiny and cowardly too because the second things start getting troublesome his first thought is secret technique let somebody else deal with it chrome you deal with it please <laughs> and he runs off and then he starts getting very whiny he's like oh i wanted a cool spear he's a very good boy but he's very whiny but he's very. But Justin does a very good job making him sound very cute and innocent, which I guess was not something I quite remembered was a quality of Kinro. And Josh Greeley as Kinro, he sounds very tough, stern, authoritative. Like I said, he gives me a lot of uh, Ginoza Togami vibes in his portrayal. But it's actually really funny watching him being very stone-cold, authoritative, all about the rules. And then the second he gets a cool spear, suddenly it's like, okay, I have, to, I have to look at this for a little bit, okay? It's like, this doesn't matter to me at all. Can I look at it? No, it's mine. You get your own cool spear, but that's why I want it. It's, they're just bickering. And they're a very fun tag team together. And... Josh and Justin are veterans of this show in particular, and I think they have a very fun time, and I enjoy listening to them a lot as these two quirky bodyguards of the village. And with that, I think it's time to go on to some of the major members of this village, as well as some of the first recruits to Senku's new science kingdom. Uh, we have Kohaku, we have Suika, and we have Chrome. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Kohaku is somebody who they originally run into because when they're trying to make gunpowder, they see somebody make a smoke signal to signify they are not alone in this world after all, and... Senku saves her from a fallen tree, and then he gets f brought to their village. Suika is a very perfect, innocent watermelon daughter who thinks she isn't helpful, but is actually very more capable than she speaks, and is basically about as on par to stealth as Solid Snake. And then we have Chrome. Chrome is basically the single proof and challenge to Tsukasa's entire ideology that if we keep the world as it is, we can keep it forever pure and Stone Age, where nobody's going to try and get invested in the world or learning about science and how things work. Chrome is a naturally curious character and is pretty much all that somebody like Senku believes in, somebody with a natural curiosity and passion for science, even if he or the scientific world does not exist, it will always find a way to be reborn anew. And that's what Chrome represents, and why he's probably one of my favorite characters in the series. As for predictions... Uh, I'm on and no. stuff. Okie dokie. Jet, I'm very curious to see who you predicted for these particular characters. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, for Suika, I said Sandra Lee Moore is mostly because... What's it, boys? Because, hey, small child, Cassandra Lee Morris has, like, a really good, perfectly believable child voice. And I enjoy hearing her as those kind of characters, so I figured this would be a lot of fun. Uh, for Kohaku... Okay, for Kohaku, I wanted someone who could sound like... I wanted someone who could sound like maybe a little tomboyish, but also, like, very authoritative. So I figured, uh, who better than the woman who voiced Biscuit, so let's get Tara Sands in here. Hmm, <laughs> interesting. 
and uh, and uh, okay, and as for Chrome, I was just figuring, okay, who would be like, okay, who's going to be a good supportive loudmouth? And I figured, hey, put Matt Middleman here. Hmm. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Alrighty. Uh, I will start off with uh my predictions for Suika. Uh, Suika, I thought. Somebody needed to sound super duper adorable cutesy wootsy because Suika is a precious cinnamon watermelon daughter. Too pure and innocent for this world. She just wants to be helpful and she's perfect and she's amazing. And also she plays with a dog and she's adorable and amazing and I love her and I want to hug her and tell her everything's going to be daishabu. <laughs> so I thought who would have been perfect to make her sound very cute? But my favorite cutesy actresses currently working at both Funimation and California. For Funimation, Sarah Wiedenhef. For California, Xanthi Wynn. As for Kohaku... I thought it needed to be somebody who could sound very cute, but also with a little bit of spunk and power to them as well in the way they act. Because they could sound very They could still sound, like, feminine, but they need to have that level of, like, strength and perseverance and also a bit of snark and sass going for them, too. So, for Funimation, I thought Madeline Morris would have been a good fit for Kohaku. And for a California dub, I thought... Sarah Ann Williams would have also filled this role exceptionally well. Yeah, I can see that. As for Chrome, this is where I predicted Justin Briner, believe it or not. Really? Yes, I, th I thought Justin would have been very good because he gives me a lot of Deku vibes in that sort of natural curiosity, but also being a bit of a big dork as well. And I thought Justin Briner would have been a very good spots to put for chrome as for california this guy has been an up-and-comer in the past few years kind of seemingly overnight but he probably everybody likes to go off about the current cycles of who is the big leading man there are still people who believe bryce papperbrook is the leading man for california doves arguably i'd say right now if anybody fills that role it's billy Kometz. And I thought Billy Kometz would have been a really good fit for a California Chrome. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. Alrighty. Now, as for who is playing these characters proper, uh, Suika is played by Sarah Wiedenhef. Uh, Kohaku is played by Felicia Angel. And Chrome is Matt Shipman. Sarah Wiedenhef has played such characters as Sana Kashimura from Alice and Zoroku, Ruby Kurosawa from Love Life Sunshine, Lily Hoshikawa from Zombieland Saga, and Zeno from Dragon Ball Super. Felicia Angel has played characters such as Miku Nakano from the Quintessential Quintuplets, Sayaka Miyata from Keijo, Alex Benedetto from Gangsta, and Shinoa Hiragi from Seraph of the End. And Matt Shipman has played Hero in Darling in the Frank, Kazuya Kujo from Gozik, Flosh Forrester from Attack on Titan, and Inasa Yurashi from My Hero Academia. Ahmad, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on these characters. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, let's start with Chrome, because Chrome Chrome's just delightful. Um... Matt plays him just with so much enthusiasm. He's so... 
he doesn't know it's science, obviously, but he's so into whatever this is, just finding things and mashing them together and seeing what they do. And you can take this powder and throw it in a fire, and it will turn into a different color. Um, there's a there's a, there's an obvious kinship and uh, personality that he has with some of the other characters, and I think Matt uh, captures that aspect well, while not feeling just like a retread of some of those other characters, like uh, Senku and so on. Um, he, is, he, he gives a, he gives a strong performance. Um, I also I just like his range a lot. Like, Chrome gets some funny lines in there. Just good, good, solid comedy coming out of Chrome, and I think Matt really uh, captures that very well. Uh, it, 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 like Chrome, Chrome, I mean, Chrome has not been in the show very long as of where we watched. Um, he feels like a character who is going to like grow more as it goes on, and I'm I'm looking forward to doing that. I feel like Matt has already shown that he can get a lot of this character's aspects down, and I feel like, they, uh, like as, as, as it continues and his character has a little more to do, um, I'll keep expanding. He's he's very entertaining. I like him a lot. Um, I also like Felicia Angel as Kohaku a lot. Uh, I, I think she does a good job of... I think, Andrew, you were mentioning uh, you wanted... Ideally, you'd want somebody who could sound like, like feminine but also tough. And I feel like mm -hmm. Felicia fills that in very well. Like, she is... Like, not girly-girly, but you buy that, like, oh, yeah, this is a teenage girl of some variety. You know, not typical by our standards, because she's a cave person, basically. Um, but she has that, 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 that uh, like, you know, a, a more sort of... You, you, you buy that she's a teenager when they're, like, rolling down the hill on his impromptu cart. And she's like, wow, this is really cool. You built this yourself? There's, like, an enthusiasm to it that um, I think really shines through, in addition to, like, when she has a lot of the time when she's like, you know, I'm a tough person because I go out and find things in the jungle of the stone world, and there might be tigers or things out there. Who knows? Criminals from her village, apparently, although we haven't seen any yet. Um, yeah, I thought she, 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 her character also is, like, is more multifaceted, it's not just one note, and I thought she also does a good job of um, presenting that. Like, she felt very natural, if that makes any sense. Uh, mm -hmm. Which is maybe kind of weird, given that she, again, is a cave person in the far future. But, you know, it was good. But that's not uh, who we're here to talk. Not done yet, you idiot. There's three characters. All right, yes, okay. You asshole. Yes. I was going to be a big introduction about, but now for the character we're all here to talk about, you spoiled it. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I fucked how up. Could you, I'm sorry. How could you forget... Suika, just just the, oh the, the the highlight the precious, of the show, precious cinnamon roll, the best character, the the sensational character find of 2019. How could you? Yeah. Um, is delightful, and and Sarah is absolutely just an absolute delight every second she is on screen. Um, Suika is adorable. I like any part where she just rolls up into a watermelon and is like, I'm gonna sneak around. I'm gonna assume people are talking about, and they're gonna ignore me. Um, she is so she is just so cute and charming. As uh, playing this like weird child with a melon on her head for uh, so far unclear reasons. Uh, I kind of hope they never explain it. I like that I have no idea why she's wearing a watermelon on her head. It's way more fun that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and she she is just an absolute delight. Just like absolute pitch perfect casting, pitch perfect perfect performance. Just so 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 delightful and so entertaining and so feeling like an actual like child, especially when she has that bit where it's like she like she like she like she gains respect for Senku as he's like the first person she's ever met who didn't ask why she's wearing a watermelon. 
Which clearly, like everyone else in her entire village, is clearly asked this at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she, there's just that like deep, sincere feeling that you get in kids, where like when they feel things, they like they feel them. Like there's no, there's no like cynicism or or, or like uh, you know holding things back. There, it's like no, this is what I feel with all my body. I thought she captured that really, really well. She's a delight. I'm, I'm vaguely aware that like. Um, the story doesn't say in, like, one particular locale or set of characters for too, too long. It tends to, like, move around pretty regularly, but, um, I hope they stick around for a little bit longer just so we can get more of this performance. It is the best. Oh, uh, as I, uh, no, uh, these characters will be around for a long while. It's, uh, just yes. a couple of, it's just a couple of characters we'll be talking about later who aren't as important as you would think they'd be, as you would think they are. You... I I'm trying to I'm trying to stay quiet on that. Anyways, you said you want since you want to take the talking stick, please take go the ahead. Take the talking Jet. stick, Jet. Take it and run with it. Okay. Um. So I will start with Soika since I didn't have any notes for her since she was only really in one episode so far. Uh. But I mean, but I like Soika in the manga. She's uh, she's you know obviously very adorable cinnamon roll. She's a really likable character. And I definitely like what Sarah Wheaton has brought to the table so far. She does a great job of making Suka sound, okay, you know, sound very sweet and adorable and just very much like an actual child, which I definitely appreciate. And I like how I was saying, I definitely like that whole bit where she's just kind of immediately endeared to Senku because, okay, uh, because he just seems to, uh, because he just seems to value her right away and, you know, doesn't ask the obvious question of why she's wearing a watermelon on her head. I mean, I mean, He's I'm, so nice! I mean, you sure about that? I mean, like, I mean, of course it's Senku, so you know he doesn't really care so long as he's useful, but I, I thought that was a nice element all the same. Uh, and, uh, does he, and I definitely like her whole, like, bit where she's just running, where she's just rolling around, kind of being a detective and doing spy work for them. I thought that was pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more of Sarah in coming episodes. I think she was a great pick here. Uh, moving on to Matt Shipman as Chrome. I gotta say that uh, Matt Shipman is a voice I always enjoy hearing a new things. And uh, while a year or so ago this casting choice might have seemed a little weird, uh, given that he now plays Inasa in My Hero Academia, it's pretty safe to say that Chrome is definitely up his alley. Uh, so Chrome is the kind of guy who thinks he's Big Chef and is pretty much just a giant dork and Matt's performance simply gets that across really well. And the speed from which Chrome goes from being the cocky villain sorcerer to Senku's new sidekick is pretty hilarious. And I definitely got a real kick out of his out of Matt's delivery during Chrome's little sorcery battle with Senku. And his like really bad attempts to hide how much he was getting one up by side by Senku's side still, that, that that was really funny. I mean, but of course while Chrome's a big dork, he's also a very good dork, and for as loud as Matt's Chrome gets to be at times. He also sounds, you know, very sincere and earnest, and I enjoyed the very genuine sense of curiosity that came off of his performance whenever, you know, said Kutsi thinking about all the amazing wonders of science. And, uh, and I just really like Chrome as a character. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more of Matt's performance. Uh, as for Felicia and Jelis Kahaku, uh, it's been a little while for me since the last time I heard Felicia in anything super major, but I always enjoy her work. And I really like what she brought to the table with Kahaku so far. Uh, she does, she does a good job of making Kohaku sound very confident and tough with the whole, like, Amazon is fine. And makes her sound like a very seasoned warrior without getting, you know, you know leaning too hard at any archetypes that might normally give off. I mean, I'll admit her tone of voice sounded maybe a little more feminine than I was expecting going in, but it still fits the character very well. 
And I especially like how but how effectively she plays off of Senku and Crow when it comes to her confusion over their obsession with, you know, little parts of size, like the whole, like, what's the big deal? They're just rocks. I thought that was pretty funny. As like, or, you know, her, like, constant back and forth with Crow with the whole Linus thing, and that whole little joke kind of feels a little crude and a little unnecessary. Like, you don't need to do that, guys. Uh, I mean, and I especially liked uh, Felice's performance during Kohaku's little brief battle with Tsukasa and how, you know, and how effectively she was able to make Kohaku's quick assessment of, hey, this guy is clearly bad news, feel very believable. And I liked that she was actually able to hold her own against him for a little while, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, on the whole, I definitely enjoyed uh, Matt, Felicia, and uh, Sarah a lot. I haven't heard enough of them to have, like, a really super strong opinion, but I definitely... Okay, but I definitely like them. I'm looking forward to hearing more of them. I think they were very well cast. They have a good foundation so far, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, cool. Steph. <sighs> Sarah Wiedenhef is a precious cinnamon, cinnamon roll. Too good and pure for this earth. Suika is a precious cinnamon roll. Too good and pure for this earth. <laughs> um, sorry, putting my microphone down. Uh, so, I would have to say, with Sarah Asuika, um, she is such a precious little bean. So precious and adorable. Um, I don't have a ton to say about Sarah, because she really only stuck around in, like, one episode so far. Um, but from what we have seen based on that... Uh, it's very cute, very adorable. Uh, just like the tiny little innocent child, just like, I want to help. Can I help? It's the sweetest little thing. And then she, then Suika gets so excited, like, you didn't ask me about the watermelon helmet. I like him. <laughs> uh, Sarah's just adorable and precious, and I love Suika to pieces, and I want to see Suika... I want to see Master Detective Suika go on more missions. <laughs> Just as a watermelon disguise. She's, it's the greatest. She's such a good detective. She's so good. It's so cute. She just hides in random boxes as this just unassuming watermelon. <laughs> Nobody fucking No, knows. she doesn't even hide in boxes. She's just inside the melon next to the boxes and they don't expect a, th a yep. thing. It's great. She just blends in so well. And then it's just like... We're <sighs> like, I'm just here. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna find out everything. And then apparently everybody wants food. Poor okay, man's Okay, everybody wants food. Okay, everybody wants food, and a couple of them want men. Yes, a couple of my boyfriends. <laughs> that was hilarious. Sarah's like, well, these three sisters, they wanted boyfriends. <laughs> Seku's like, we can't make that. Um. And then I'm actually going to go to uh, Kohaku and Felicia next. Because um, Kohaku, in terms of the stone world right now, she is the strong female character that we haven't quite seen yet. Um, because we have we have Yuzuriha, who is... She, she is very determined and motivated and things like that, but she's not, at the same time, the tough girl. Um... She, she's a craft. She's a craftswoman. Seamstress. She's a craftswoman. Seamstress. She's not to an extent a, a like a strong, in terms of like physically, um, 
of strong female character. That's where Kohaku comes in to bring a different dynamic to the show. She brings a different dynamic into the show, and I think it's very well appreciated. Again, um, kind of what what I was saying with um, or Rui. Uh, she does have a softer tone, but it's also there are those also those outbursts um, where she's just like the tough girl is like I'll kick your ass, knock it off. I'm not a gorilla, and she gets very very feisty. Um, and Felicia just portrays all of that so well, and it's a lot of fun. Um, Especially her interactions with Senku and Chrome whenever she's referred to. See, what was it early on? So, Senku called Kohaku a lioness, which she wasn't fond of. But then... And then they go for the whole gorilla thing. And then he switches to like, gorilla, and she's like, I actually would have liked lioness better than gorilla! And she... And it, it also goes back to the Momotaro thing because they've never seen gorillas before, so they don't even know what the hell those look like. But yet they still know what a gorilla is. So, um, it's actually kind of amusing. But um, anyway, uh, I'm currently on this episode now apparently for two reasons. One is Senku. The other is Chrome. <laughs> God damn it. Ah, yes. My favorite web browser. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> I am currently here, uh, cur like, now, for two reasons. One is Senku, the other is Chrome. Because god damn it. <laughs> god damn it, this boy is too much fun uh, to me. And Matt Shipman is just great and hilarious. Um, it seems like in some aspects, um, since Taiju is no longer a character in the current situation um there has to be a kind of a big lug idiot kind of persona in here and that's chrome <laughs> that's chrome um which matt has played similar types of characters before inasa being the big one because <laughs> inasa is a bit of a, of a lug and he's precious and an idiot i love inasa um but chrome is just this this is he has so much energy to him and he's just so bombastic uh, at points he's also has a little bit of cockiness in the beginning because he's this great and powerful sorcerer ooh I has magic and then Seku just beats him to a pulp in the science category and then he just is so defeated but um at the same time with Chrome Chrome is just full of wide-eyed wonder because he is, as far as we know, outside of the main characters who actually were revived, um, as far as I can tell, Chrome is the only actual person who knows what happened. Because Senku told him. Uh, from what it looks like, Senku didn't tell anybody else um, from that village about what actually happened to the world, like, 3,700 years ago. Um, and just for Chrome's sake, because he is... He is essentially this new Stone Age scientist, um, and he's just so curious, and he wants to learn and discover new things. Um, so he has this wide-eyed wonder, and it's just so precious and so hilarious. Um, and Matt is just a fantastic performance uh, with the bombastic energy, with this wide-eyed wonder, this childlike wonder about the world and um, the things he doesn't know and the things that he never got to learn. Uh, that he never got to see in his time, and now he wants to see that. 
uh, for himself. So it's a very interesting performance. It's a lot of fun. It's certainly one of my favorite performances from the show itself right now. I'm done. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, I'll start with Precious uh, Watermelon Daughter Sukia. Sukia, Sukia. Suka! Suika! You can Suika. do it, I, I believe. Okay, they also pronounce it differently. I've, I've read it as Suika. I think they specifically make it like Suika. 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 Uh, Watermelon Dotaru, uh is precious, and I love her, and she wants to help, and she is capable of helping, and she is doing her best with her childlike fingers that's actually more capable of picking up certain objects and items than even the aged teenagers over there. Um, Sarah gives her this right perfect amount of childish wonder, whimsy, cutesy innocence, but also making her very funny and amusing, especially when going off of, like, some of the things she does to spy on other characters and things she manages to hear. Uh, she does a really good job with the snooping, and just, just this character is made just a pure cuteness. Just the giant watermelon head and the tiny body. She's doing her best, and she is perfect, and I love her. Kawaku is a really fun character, and she is a badass, and she's also kind of pretty, too. Like I said, we've talked about the character designs, but once you get past that, she's a really cool... She's a really cool character. She's trying her best for her sister, and she also... She's intrigued by Senku to the point where, when he first meets her, his first thought is immediately, Oh god, did you just fall in love with me? This is gonna be a pain in the ass if you fall in love with me. It's like, no! No! I meant, like, you intrigued me, you idiot! I don't have feelings for you, you asshole! Cool! I have nothing for you. Senku's Which, an asshole sometimes. That's great. Sometimes, yeah. He is, he is a charmer, alright. More on that later. Um, I will say this. Um, Kohaku... Felicia is Kohaku. She has that level of, like cool femininity that you would assume like I, she does a very good job seeming convincing and very innocent when she first runs into Sukasa because she's holding like the flowers and stuff and then she pulls out the daggers and she's ready to stab a bitch and it's ooh you you've got some moves you got some fight power you have some strength you got some power to you and she does this really good job being this nice balance and sarcastic personality alongside Senku because she is snarky she is fun she is full of personality she's also able to she's also there as a very much an outsider in that she sees the two dorks talking about the science stuff she's just like I, I don't get it y'all are just talking about a bunch of rocks and she sees Senku like trying to be scheming and like oh he thinks he's so clever it's like you look really creepy and sketchy right now you might just just tone that back a couple notches please and thank you but Felicia does a really wonderful job giving her that level of, like, cuteness, but also that, like, powerful, like, gravitas, like, tomboyish heart nature to it, to her, and she really plays off the other characters well. She plays off Senku very well, and she plays off against Chrome, which... Matt Shipman is an actor who I think I've sort of underestimated in the recent years, who really, really got on my radar. Like, he got on my radar in Gozik and Darling in the Frank, both of which are uh, dubs directed by one Matt Shipman. Who, not, Wrong! No, no, he did not direct himself. No, 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 no. What? Directed by Clifford Chapin. He will come Matt, after Matt did you not and kick your ass. 
<laughs> I'm clear. I am correcting myself. Matt is a good actor, but I'm not sure if he can quite direct himself just yet. Anyways. Uh, I've heard him in a couple of his things, but I was really impressed by his Anasa because it sounds like Matt... Uh, Chrome is like a mix of Hero from Darling and the Frank and Inasa from My Hero Academia mixed into one chemical concoction. And he has so much goofy heart and charm to him, which actually watching it now, I kind of realize in a way he's sort of like a prehistoric Chuni in that he's talking about all this magic sorcery powers and talks about how he's cool and like amazes everybody and then Sega's just like oh that's just a really simple parlor trick but it's actually pretty cool that you know all this stuff it's like no it's sorcery it's cool i promise but the thing that makes chrome really charming to me is that in a world of the prehistoric and the technological is no longer there he has this innate passionate curiosity for things he doesn't understand and just wants to figure out and you can see it in his eyes that he is so excited and passionate about the world he doesn't know and things he doesn't understand and wants to try and understand them and also to help make his childhood crush, uh, Rui, feel better and not die a early, at the early, early age of, like, what, 19, probably? But, yeah. I think one of the most, one of the sort of unspoken scenes that I remember even reading in the manga I was really endeared to was this silent scene where Senku tells him about the world that once was. All the amazing beautiful, crazy, insane things that his mind physically could not even fathom up until this point right now. And once he is done listening to everything that Sanku tells him, he just starts crying. Because he is entranced, amazed, and so saddened to think that this amazing things, these amazing technological advances... Not only did they come and go, but he may never see them. But Senku wants to encourage him and help him with... I have the power to make these things that in your mind seem like pure fantasy. I can make them reality. And with my brain and your passion, we can do this together. We're in this together. And just... It's a amazing characterization. And God, Matt is funny. He is charming. He is sweet, he is, like, passionate, he is determined, and he has great chemistry off of Senku and Kohaku. Also, he made me laugh super hard when he gets basically exposed, and he just screams, OH SHIT! I'm like, oh my god. God bless it. Yeah, Matt Shipman was not who I expected for Chrome, but I'm so, so, so happy that he is Chrome. He is perfect. And now, it's time to talk about, um... Our star-crossed lovers who wanted to confess to each other one day and then the world ended. And then they tried to reunite through sheer shonen passion and determination 3,700 years in the future. That is Taichu Oki and Yuzuriya Ogawa. Uh, Yuzuriya is a... She is somebody from the Crafts Club. She is very good at mending, sewing, and keeping these things together. She's very sweet, but she became good friends with uh, Senku and Taiju. And Taiju is the goodest, goodest, loudest shonen boy you could ever think. He's got a heart of gold. He won't punch anybody, but he'll be punched a lot. 
He's a very good boy. He's very dumb. He is the simple one, as Senku puts it. And as he acknowledges himself, he is the simple one. He also was once the original main character. More on that later. But let's go into predictions for these characters. Uh, Stephanie. Uh, where's my predictions? Um, Yuzuriha, I unfortunately got spoiled, so I'm not going to be able to talk about that one. Um, I do have predictions for Taiju. I have two. Um, because Taiju is a fun goofball, knucklehead, uh, kind of character. And Taiju, actually my first pick, Taiju, to an extent, reminded me of Inasa from My Hero Academia, so Matt Shimon was my first choice. Uh, my second choice, because uh, I think it would be a fun and interesting uh, just a slight change uh, in terms of the lughead personality um, and because Denki Kaminari is actually a thing that exists. I actually had Kyle Phillips as my other choice for Taiju. Hmm. Alrighty. Nice. Uh, Jet. Okay. Uh, coming up with picks with these two was actually a little hard because I had like, thought about them in a, for quite a while, but uh, well, so I mostly just went off of who was playing them in Japanese. Um, so, let's see, for Uzuria, I said Kaylee Mills, I figured, I, mean, so I figured, well, Kaylee Mills is, like, usually reliable and, like, you know, sweet heroine, so I figured she would be a good fit. And, uh, for Taiju, I knew we needed someone loud and kind of gross, so I figured, hey, why not put Kaytu Tag here? Funny you mention that, because for Uzuria, for the California pick, I also had Kaylee Mills as Uzuria. Fancy that. I thought she's done a really good job being these very, like, cute, sweet heroines with a bit of spunk and personality to them, too. And I thought she would have been a good fit. As for the Funimation pick, I had Danny Chambers as Yuzuria. I thought she's got that level of, like, cute whimsy to her, but also, like, a bit of spunk and personality when push comes to shove. For Taiju, uh, I went with a very different California pick for this particular loud boy. I thought, you know what? I, I hear Ray Chase as a lot of older men, but I'd like to hear him being a teenage boy that just screams his lungs out. Really? I thought Ray Chase would have been a very interesting choice for Taiju. A little out of the ballpark, but oh. I thought he could have pulled it off. Now, as for Funimation, as I think of a very good, hot-blooded, passionate, yelly boy with a heart of gold, I thought Rico Fajardo would have been perfect as Taiju. And playing the role of Taiju in English is one Rico Fajardo, and playing Yuzuria in English is one Brittany Lauda. Uh, Brittany Lauda has played such characters as Yonaga, he, Yonaga Hinagiri from Alice and Zoroku, Misa Kusakari from Tokyo Ghoulry, Yahiko from the Morosma Anokian, and I mentioned this very briefly, Ichigo in Darling in the Fregged, and I say this is particularly funny because the Japanese voice actress for Yuzuria is also Ichigo in Darling in the Frank. Oh. Fun fact oh, for you. Neat. Might I remind you the director of this also directed Darling in the Frank in English. Just reminding that. Rico Fajardo has played such characters as Betty Maru from That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, Shu Sakurada from Castletown Dandelion, Haruhiro from Grimgar Ashes and Illusions, and Mirio Power Togata from My Hero Academia. Ama, would you like to start us off? Yeah, sure. 
uh, as far as years ago goes, Britney's, I really like Britney in this role. Um, she's just very charming, I guess is how I put it. Um, I like how, I do, I like, I, it doesn't last her very long as where we see it, but I do like the kind of power trio dynamic the three of them have going where, uh, Senku is very book smart, but he's not very strong. Taiju's, um, and he's not like creative really per se, like he is in very specific ways, but not in others. Um, Taiju's strong and dumb, and Uzuria, I like how, um, she has, uh, like, she, she is, like, a, like, you know, it's like, um, you know, she can't build a sextant, but she can recognize where she is well enough. It's like, wait, that giant-ass Buddha statue's around here, isn't it? If we find that, we have a landmark. We can figure out where else we're okay, going. Okay, I here. genuinely um, misheard you for a second. I thought you said sex tape, and I was gonna be like, she is way too young for that. God damn it. What would they record it on, Andrew? What would they record it on? There are no tapes in this in the in the future. Just rocks. Also, sex. <laughs> that would be a really rocky situation to get yourself into. <laughs> Fair enough. I enough fucking quit, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. You just lost hosting privileges. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're not. I'm kind of sorry. No, you're not. If you're, if you're sorry. sorry, if you're sorry, you wouldn't have done it in the first place. Touche. Um. It. Anyways, my point is, I thought Brittany did a. Uh, I, I I liked her a lot in this performance. I thought she did a good job of kind of showing this like, um, all the sort of um brightness and optimism that Yuzuru has. Um, I think she, I, like, I, I know they're not, like, a trio for very long, but I thought there was this nice dynamic between them, and I thought she provided this thing of, like, she is, uh, you know, she's kind of um, crafty in ways that um, Senku isn't, but she's also, like, even if she, like, she, I like how, I like, the, I like that both of them, her and uh, Taiju kind of have this dynamic of, like, they don't really understand the nitty-gritty of the science, but they trust Senku enough that they'll just go along with whatever he's saying. Um, I, I, I thought she really sold the fact that, like, oh, these are, like, long-term friends who have known each other for years and years, and they've gotten to the point where even if they don't really understand the plan in, you know, the big sense, um, it's like, yeah, no, we can, we can do that. We can go make some gunpowder. We can go, we can, we can go be spies, basically, in whatever Tsukasa is going to get up to. Um, she was just, a, she was just, just a nice performance. Um, Enrico! It's Taiju. <laughs> I like it when Rico yells. He's very good at yelling. I think the first time I could actually put like Rico's like name to a performance was in Nanbaka. Oh yeah. Which, you, know, you know, you know, you know. Howdy fucking oh, New yeah. Year, which Jamal has basically like, crammed was... into my head to remember verbatim. Yeah, exactly. It's like I think I think that was kind of the point where I, I like put like a performance to that particular name, uh, and like I just he's very good at being loud, and really really over enthusiastic. He is so fun as Taiju. I'm kind of sad that it sounds like they're not going to be around uh, for the near future all that much because he's just a delight the entire time. He is so he is so he is he is he a popular hit song by foreigner because he is hot-blooded let me tell you ah uh, only God. you could make a fucking dumb music joke like that 
Look, at least he's doing music jokes rather than your terrible <laughs> fucking stone puns and jokes. All right. Even 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 foreigner jokes are better than yours. Yes. Um, he's just, he's just re he's very entertaining. I kind of want to see him in a more like, uh, more like I almost want to see him as the lead in a more typical sort of shonen. Sh if they if they ever do the beat X thing where they find something from the nineties and like give it a dub now, they should one hundred percent cast Rico in the lead role. He would kill. He clearly is killing it in this role here. He would kill as the lead in something like that. He's not, actually, if you want um, to see him as a Shonen Jump lead, he's the lead mm -hmm. in Hinamaru Sumo. Hinamaru Sumo. Which one's that? The Sumo one. Oh, the Sumo. Yeah, but I mean, like something from the nineties when everything was really. Loud. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, I'm sure that's good, but, like, no, like, I don't know. It's, anyways, point is, I, he's very good. I like him a lot. All right. Yeah. Jet. Okay, um, I'll start with Brittany Loud and Uzuriha, because I don't have a whole ton to say about Uzuriha, honestly. Uh, I mean, like, for me, in the manga, she mostly just kind of felt like she was there to be Taiju's love entrance before the two of them were kind of written out of the story for a while. And uh, while she does feel like a bit more of an active character up here, she didn't leave too to take a bit of impression on me. Uh, that being said, I definitely like Britney's performance here. I thought she did a very good job of making Zuriha sound, you know, very sweet and maybe like a little ditzy without going into any like full-on Moe archetypes. And I liked a lot of her reactions to Senko and Aiju's antics and how she just kind of had to, you know, learn how to gradually roll with the whole Soul World situation. And uh, like Amon was saying, I like that you can tell that like she was longtime friends with Senku and Taiju and that she understood the two of them pretty well. And I definitely liked it, and I definitely felt the dynamic pretty well, and definitely a lot more than I did in the manga. Uh, if, I had to pick a, if I had to pick a standout moment of Brittany, for better or worse, it was probably that whole bit where uh, Tsukasa kind of holds Yuzuria hostage, and Yuzuria tries to convince Senku not to try and save her. Uh, well, Yuzuria felt like, you know, a little ditzy and kind of like a typical heroine up until that point. Uh, the way Britney was kind of able to carry across her sense of conviction in that one moment felt pretty believable. And even though I pretty much already knew how that whole encounter was going to end, I definitely felt something there, so... You felt engaged. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely felt engaged, and definitely a lot more than when I read this bit in the manga, so good work, Britney. Mm. Uh, okay, as for Rico Asaiju... Uh, while uh, he wasn't quite who I expected to play him, even with the knowledge that this was going to be a Funimation dub, uh, having heard it, it definitely feels like the obvious choice. Uh, as soon as Saizu first appears on screen, Ryuka's performance is burst into the streams with an extremely loud sense of energy, and I felt a very immediate <laughs> sense of pity for that man's vocal cords because, like, God. Uh, having a character who screams practically every single one of his lies seems like something that could get grating pretty fast, but Rico manages to make all of Taiju's lies feel sincere. And it makes the guy decide like he wears his heart on his sleeve to the point where it's pretty much impossible not to like him. And all of his interactions with Senku are hilarious, and just seeing his extremely straightforward personality bouncing off of Senku's constant stark and crudeness, uh, it makes for a pretty good time. I mean, and of course, while Rico does have to scream a lot here, he does get a few quiet moments to himself. Uh, and a whole scene where he finds himself in front of a tree where he was going to confess to Yuzuriha, and he comes across her sewn body, that whole scene was really sweet and it felt really sincere. Uh, on that note, if I have any nitpicks about Rico's Taiju, it's less him and more, like, the script baby. 
And because while I did like the emotion of that scene with the tree, there were a couple of lines that sounded maybe a little too fancy for how much of a simpleton Taiju was supposed to be. Again, this isn't like a major complaint, not a whole. I think the dub script gets his personality across really well, but I guess it's just like a weird nitpick for me. Uh, Look, he may not be smart, but I can totally buy he's a bit of a closet romantic. Okay, I mean, again, that's I mean, again, that's fine. It's just, you know, I just kind of expect him to use, like, very simple words. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Okay, uh, okay, but uh, that nitpick aside, I thought both Brittany and Rico did a great job here. Again, uh, pray for Rico Fajardo's vocal cords because that man's going to be doing a lot of screaming. <laughs> All I can say uh, is if that man can survive a locked voice recording booth, he is able to survive <laughs> anything come hell or high water. Can't uh, wait for My uh, Hero Season yeah, 4. Uh, so again, I thought Brittany and Rico did a great job here, and while we probably won't be hearing from them again for a good long while, they definitely managed to leave a good impression to remember them by. So I look forward to hearing them, mm -hmm. like, at the very end of the season, probably. I don't know how much this is going to cover. It's going... I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Steph. Okay. Shit. Yanni, need to stop. You can do this. We're almost there. No, we're almost there. Um... I'm going to start with Brittany, too. Uh, Brittany, because I was kind of describing um, Yuzuriha a little bit earlier when uh, we were talking about Kohaku and how um, Brittany as Yuzuriha, uh, Yuzuriha is more of the gentle character who has a lot of heart and sincerity to her, um, but she's not the tough girl because she knows her own weaknesses, um, particularly when she is deemed as the hostage uh, in the Tsukasa situation. Um, she understands her weakness, but she does have this internal strength to her um, that comes across very, very well. Um, and Brittany just uses a fun, nice, gentle tone to her. Uh, she's very sweet, very kind. Um, and it's just so precious. Ooh, she's a stop. And she's just so precious and so adorable and cute. And even though she teases the, the one of the scenes early on in the show um, where Yuzuriha is involved is the scene where uh, Taiju finds one of the stone swallows, uh, tries to take it to the bit. And uh, Yuzuriha runs into him and kind of teases him a little bit like, you're, you're kind of silly. Why are you bringing that to the vet? And then, and then, then she Taiju, also has her own swallow. Then Taiju realizes, oh, wait, wait, why are you here? This is a coincidence. And she's just like, I think I'm an idiot, too. And it was so cute. Um, they very, are very cute. Very adorable. Um, but, yeah, it right now it's definitely a fun performance. Um, out of the main four here that we have... Um, Yuzuriha doesn't have as much screen time only because she doesn't really come in until episode... She spends the first two she to three episodes. She spends the first episodes. two to three episodes kind of stuck. <laughs> Her performance is a little stiff at the start. Andrew. I swear to God, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Okay, that one was okay. good. I'm, I'm... Andrew, a Andrew, if, if you want to come to AB next year, I hope you like getting your own hotel room. <laughs> Oh, no. Andrew, Ooh. if you're coming to visit me for New Year's, you're sleeping outside. Aww. Or at the very least, you're sleeping on the couch. You're not sleeping in the bed. That's it. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So, Brittany definitely is very sweet and gentle and adorable. Oh, so good. Oh, my God. Um, you got this. Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, and I'm very, very curious as to what her fun little mission is now at this point. Because Senku specifically gave Yuzuriha a mission. He didn't tell Taiju, because Taiju's a dummy. And he could ruin it. Taiju <laughs> can't hold a secret to save his life. Nope! <laughs> Sen Senku in his head. We gotta make sure. I guess we have to make sure I don't tell Sukasa about Don't that. tell him about the revival fluid. Hey, look! I got the revival fluid! Fuck! I It's like, no! You moron! Um, but anyway, speaking of Taiju and Rico. Holy fuck. I, Jesus Christ. Um, but speaking of Taiju and Rico, Taiju is such a big dummy, such a goober, such an idiot, <laughs> and a doof. And god damn it, does Rico play that very well? Um, cause like it's, like it's already been said, he's gonna be doing a lot of yelling. Um, because a lot of the dialogue that Taiju has is very, very, if not yelling, very, very loud. I'm trying to finish my sentence and I keep yawning. Oh my god, now I got an itch. Hold on. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah, if it's not screaming and yelling, it's very, very loud. Almost to the point of, like, if you're on stage and it's almost projecting, like, you're projecting to, like, the nosebleed section. Um, so that's what it sounds like for Rico. Um, but, and you would think that all the yelling and all that stuff could be grating, but a lot of it, it works actually rather well because a lot of it has to do with Taiji's personality. Because he's, he's the brawn, he's not the brains, clearly. He is clearly not the brains of the situation. He is the brawn and the muscle. Um, but while he is a bit of an idiot, um, like Jet was saying, he does have his sincere moments. Um, the moment where he reunites with Yuzuriha while she still um, it turned to stone. Um, that was very, very sincere. Uh, and then some of the other moments where he gets suddenly... He gets very emotional rather easily, too. Uh, he gets very emotional uh, when it comes to uh, Senku while he is in his... I don't know if it's technically a spoiler at this point. Um, in his supposed dead state <laughs> after Sukasa just tries to kill him. Um, but a lot of it comes down to Rico is just a goober. He's such a goober as Taiju. And it's funny that Nanbaka was brought up because that yelling tone is similar to his character in Nanbaka, but less rocker image kind of deal. Um, which makes sense. Uh, but Rigo definitely is having a lot of fun. And I also pray dearly for his vocal cords for the for this show. Dear God. Um, but yeah, both of these characters and these performances, they play off, they both also play off each other very well. And, um, Taiju's interactions with Senku are also a lot of fun to watch, too. Uh, what, what is something we need to do advanced technology? Oh, something important. Smartphones! Oh, yeah! <laughs> that's, that's definitely something we need right now. Are you an idiot? Mm. 
their interactions and their banter back and forth is just so much fun. Um, but yeah, Brittany and Rico are doing fantastic and I'm enjoying every second of it. Okay. So yeah, I will of course start off with Yuzuriha, which I think it's been very interesting rewatching this again because I feel like there is a bit of time where these characters sort of aren't center focus for a while where I kind of forgot. I actually really did like Taishu and Yuzuriha a lot. Yuzuriya actually being a lot more, like, interesting than I expected, because she just kind of awakens in the middle of, oh, we gotta fight this guy who's kind of a beefcake. What's going on? Okay, I guess this is happening now. But she's pretty crafty and versatile. She has, like, a much more tender touch compared to the other two in her party, so to speak. And she's also very cute and passionate about the things she likes. Which, yes, she... Let's face it, she likes Taiju. There, no way's gonna fight it. Those two are into each other. Basically, yeah, they really like each other. But no, Brittany sounds very cute and sweet, but also has these really fun, quirky moments with the character, which she's gotta sound a little bit flustered. It's like, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm sticking by you, you guys. And then she also... Uh, she also actually does a good job being very convincing at the fact that she's in mortal peril and it's like I'm willing to sacrifice myself for the greater good she's willing to let herself die if that makes sure that like the world is not in danger and she's willing to make that call though as it turns out Senku is not which you would assume he would totally be that person but more on that in the next section um Yo, Brittany does a really good job, and she's got this very sweet charisma to her. She has fantastic chemistry with Rico and Sanku's actor. Um, and I really enjoyed her as Yuzuriha. Also, uh, short hair is better than long hair. Not a controversial opinion, I'm sure, but just figured I'd let that go out for a second. Rico Vajardo as Taiju is very, very loud and really good at being emotional and yelling and wearing a heart on his sleeve and he's great and he makes me feel things and he's very, very loud. Sometimes a little too loud, but he is hilarious. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He has these great expletive moments where he's just making these grand gestures for his friends or when he's getting very embarrassed, he gets very loud. Did someone make you cry? Was it me? <laughs> Just the delivery of that was so perfect. Uh, another favorite del delivery is need a pounding bro is something he actually says. And I'm just like, oh, God, that is that is too funny. And of course, who can forget the creme de la creme of perfect comedy adaptation? When they're talking about reviving her and her being naked and how embarrassing it would be. And Seku's just like, it's the stone world. Nobody's going to care if your butt's out or if your dick's hanging out. And first thought is just to scream, Yuzuria does not have a dick. And it's like, that's not even the point, you idiot. Oh, God, I can't deal with you. But it's just... But he also is really good at nailing those quiet, emotional, sincere moments. Like, when he's sad over his friend, when he's realizing he's been reunited with the woman he, he loves and she's still there after thousands of years. It's a very sweet and serene moment. And I find it actually kind of interesting because I'll say this. Were you guys able to tell that there is a shift in perspective once you reach a certain point in the anime? 
as to as to who you are clearly supposed to be following. Kind of. Because the show starts I'm out. I'm blanking. So. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, like uh, okay, a little. Like, a... Okay, like long story short, it like long story short, it is clear. Long story short, like the early part of the story, you are currently meant to be following Taiju as the protagonist, and then. Oh yeah, and then it shifts over to yeah. Senku. If not Taiju, then at least a dual, like equal relationship of Taiju and Senku. At some point, an editorial decision was made that this story should change because Taiju is a good, dumb shonen boy. He's great, but here's the thing. We have seen characters like him before. Senku, on the other hand, as a leading man in a story like this, was much is much more compelling in the grand scheme of things. And there is a very clear moment where you can tell where the story changes, and this is Senku. Maybe for like guys who watch the an- guys and gals who watch the anime, you you're very clear. The promotional this is following Senku. The OP is about Senku. This is yeah. Senku show. But it's very much starts out that Taiju is kind of their center focus for a while. But then there's a divergent shift, and Senku takes the title that he kind of sort of rightfully earns as they realize he's a much more compelling lead. And I say this thinking it was the better decision overall, but honestly, Taiju and Yuzuria are very great characters, and I really love the friendship trio dynamic Senku has with these two characters. Like, I think maybe they are not strong enough to lead a show, but they are definitely wonderful supporting characters that I really do like when these characters are together. And you can tell Senku really cares for them a lot. You can tell he really cares and values them a lot, even though he tries to play this big role. But more on that in a second. Rika Fajardo, Brittany Oda... They do a fantastic job as the star-crossed lovers, Taiju and Yuzuriha. And now it's time for a yin and yang of the stone world. We have two contrasting ideologies. One is the hero, the other is the villain, but you could see both of their perspectives and they would be very fair. They are just clashing ideologies. We have... Senku and Tsukasa. Tsukasa is a guy who is voted the strongest man, strongest high schooler primate. And he is so strong that when they wake him up to defend themselves from lions, he just kicks a fucking lion and skins it alive and has a cool coat. But then it turns out he may or may not not agree with Senku's ideologies of bringing everybody back together. And he wants to have a new world, while Senku is our very good science Einstein-looking boy who looks straight out of something from Yu-Gi-Oh! with that kind of hair. He has Yu-Gi-Oh! protagonist (laughs) hair. (laughs) Oh, God. His hair isn't isn't silly enough to be a Yu-Gi-Oh! protagonist. Let's put it like this. It comes pretty close, but yeah. Let's put it like it's not it's not a weird color. Let's see. If I was to it's not silly. If enough. I was to describe these two characters, Senku is mad scientist Bill Nye Yu-Gi-Oh protagonist <laughs> and Sukasa is how do I describe Sukasa? Sukasa is what happens if Tarzan was a JoJo character but was also a socialist member of the kids next door. What? What? 
He looks like Tom. Andrew, do you, Andrew, do you know what socialism is? It's usually not about indiscriminately murdering people. Okay, fine, communism. Uh, okay, <laughs> I was, okay, I was just going to say fascism. But, okay, Andrew, uh, a- Andrew, yeah, he's a fascist, <laughs> Andrew. Mm. Fair enough. Look, uh, okay, look, I, like, okay, look, I it, know how many things about ethics, and even I know the difference between socialism and fascism. <laughs> I think I used the wrong term there, but basically... Yes, you did! (laughs) Okay. Andrew, 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 do you vote? Yes, I vote. I'm very concerned now. (laughs) I do vote. (laughs) Oh my god! Okay, that's mean. Rude! Rude. I am being very rude. rude. I apologize. Oh my God. You're being very rude. Anyways, what I'm saying is, what if Tarzan was a JoJo character with fascist ideologies who was also wanted to make the kids next door? Okay, now, okay, now that's being accurate. Yes, thank you. I just had my word, my terminologies mixed up, which it, it's, look, in the modern day climate, I should not get those things mixed up. I just wanted to make it very clear. That was an intentional slip up and not promoting anything. Just making that clear. Just, 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 just. Move okay. On. Anyways, uh, predictions, predictions, Stephanie. Um, let's see. Predictions for Sukasa and Senku, huh? Um, for soup, I have two for each. Um, Sukasa took me a bit, I think, to figure out what I wanted to do for predictions. Um, so, again, I'm only basing this off of two episodes in the Japanese. And I knew he was a teenager, and he's kind of burly, and he's a tough guy. But you also have the... Because there's a very... This is supposed to be the subtle shift in um, Sukasa very early on where you don't see his actual motiva- motives and intentions um, until the end of the second episode after he's revived. And it has to be this subtle change. So I wanted to try. Uh, so I was looking for um, a couple of actors who uh, not only would sound very devious and cunning but are also able to provide that subtlety in the shift in tone uh for that character again only basing this off of two episodes um so the two i had that i felt could pull this off very well um for a younger sounding voice i had micah solasad as one pick um and for something a little bit different but i know this actor is also capable of those subtle undertones and those shift and changes and can be menacing and threatening when he wants to be uh jason lebrecht was my other choice as for senku senku is a fun one i decided to go say fuck it i'm gonna try something completely different because senku oh this boy um essentially what i was trying to do was something a bit out of the box because Senku is a kind of character that we don't often see in anime, if at all. Um, the intelligent, um, sci- like the intelligent, science-driven, uh, snarky guy, um, snarky, sarcastic goober, um, and he's just so funny. Uh, so, uh, for something completely different, my second choice was actually Dallas Reed uh, for something different. Because his performance as Zack and Angels of Death kind of inspired this choice a little bit. Um, 
with the humor and the attitude that Zack kind of has. Um, I kind of wanted to see that a bit more, but in a more serious tone and a bit more sarcasm to it. But for something completely different, because as far as I'm aware of, um, he has not voiced a character like this before. Uh, I went with Aaron Dismuke as my first choice. Mm. Interesting. All right. Jet, who did you have? Okay, let's okay, let's see. For Tsukasa, I wanted someone who could sound gruff, but also like a little charismatic because Tsukasa is kinda of supposed to be both those things. Okay, and I didn't want to go and I didn't want to go with someone too I didn't want to go with someone too safe, but I also wanted someone who I knew could do villain roles really well. So I said Xander Mobius. Mmm, Xander Mo Xander Mobius, interesting. Yeah. Uh, as for okay, as for Senku, I had mostly one person in mind for the entire time because I was thinking, okay, I want someone who can do, okay, I want someone who can do Snark really well and has kind of like a really good kind of edgy villain voice that can still, uh, you know, also hit all the sincere beats really well and is just really fun to listen to and can also have it up really well. So I, of course, with the with, with the man, the myth, the legend, one Ben Diskin. Hmm. Yeah, no, I can see it. The leader, because he could. The do leader it. of the K and D fighting the <laughs> caveman K and D. I like that. Jesus Christ! What it works. All right, as as established before, I've got a mix of both Funimation and Cali for both of these characters, and that stays consistent with these two as well. Uh, in the event that this was a Funimation dub, I thought David Matranga would actually be a really fitting uh, performance for Sukasa. He's got that stone look where he can play, like, nice and friendly, but also very menacing and tough. Ah, oh, shit. I didn't think of David Matranga before. I knew I should have. And for a California performance, I thought this is where I would have placed Keiji Tang as Sukasa. Now, mm, now Senku's interesting, because if this were a California dub, I had one person firmly in my mind who I thought would have been a very perfect for Senku. I thought Robbie Damon would have been really, really perfect for Senku. But in the advent, this was a Funimation dub, I thought, you know what? I need somebody very versatile and capable of all sorts of different voices and performances. And I thought, who better than the wizard himself... Damon Mills. Oh, okay. Ooh. Ooh. Damon would have been a fun pick. Now, as for who is, who are playing uh, our caveman and our science boy of the new world, uh, Sukasa Shishio is played by Ian Sinclair, and our lead mad scientist, Senku Ishigami, is played by Aaron Dismuke. Ian Sinclair has played such characters as Samurai Caliber in SSSS Gridman, Lawless in Servamp, Daikoku in Noragami, and Whis from Dragon Ball Super. Aaron Dismuke has played Hanae Ashia from the Morose Mononokian, Leonardo Watch from Blood Blockade Battlefront, Reinhardt von Lohengram from Legend of the Galactic Heroes Dinoi Tessa, and Tamaki Amajiki from My Hero Academia. Amon, please start us off. Sure. Um, so Ian's really good at Tsukasa. Um, I know. I know you. You said he reminded you of like a JoJo character, but the one that sprung to mind when I saw him was like somebody from like Baki the Grappler. 
um, partially because he's kind of the worst. <laughs> like a lot of characters <laughs> yeah. from Baki. I don't. I know nothing about Baki, and even I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Like, you know, he, I, he 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 embraces the strong rule over the weak, weak real quick once uh, the world falls apart, doesn't he? <laughs> Um, but Ian's really, but but Ian, but Ian is good at it because a, a key component of Sukasa's character is that he looks, he is kind of charismatic. He seems reasonable initially. He doesn't just show that hand right off the bat, mm-hmm. and Ian's very good at that. Um, he really, I think he really, he is a he's an actor who always excels. I think at playing characters who uh, can sound like you know they sound like they know what they're talking about. You can hear him talk about how he feels like. You know, it's, it's not like internally convincing per se, but when he's talking about, um, you know, oh, you know, we should we should get rid of everybody who is just going to like fuck the world up again if we bring them back. Like, why let like they, they probably caused this. Why let them have another shot? Um, there is there is there's something in it that almost makes it feel compelling. Um, and especially and, and he, he like, you know, Tsukasa gets some good dramatic moments like when he's having that little like fake flashback when he's thinking like, you know, Senku, you know, if I had met you when I was young and, like, at lonely and angry all those years ago, if I had met you, if we had been friends, I don't, like, we would not have been in this position. I won't lie, I, that I was am... kind of a precious little scene. I did go all when I saw that. Mm-hmm. No, that was, that was, that was a very, that was a very nice bit. There was something very, like, tragic about him, even as he's going through this recognizing, like, had we come, like, had we met earlier in my mm-hmm. life, I would not have turned into this person. Right. And I, I, I have enough awareness to see that, but not enough to stop myself from what I'm about to do. Um, and I thought Ian, like, that's, that's, I, I think that's probably the most emotionally heavy moment the show's had so far, and I thought Ian handled that really well. Um, like, I was, I was thinking of Ian as often, like, a very funny actor, but, like, he has good dramatic chops when he wants to. He's, 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 I think he's very well cast here. Um... It, I, I think maybe the worst you could say is, like, he might sound a little old, but given how comically muscly Sukasa is, I think it may be sounding a little old. It's not the really man looks problem. like he could probably it's be like, in yeah. his, like, mid to late 20s just from his body. Like, Yeah. It's like, it's he's very much like, yeah, even if he's supposed to be a teenager, like, I've met teens who sound a lot older than they actually are. Like, I, I can buy that from this guy. Um... Is he's he's another character where I I assume I assume he will come back into the story at some point. I'm looking forward to it. Ian Ian's been very good. I I can't wait to see more of it, especially with his terrible Twitter puns. Oh no. Oh god, I forgot about see, that. Wait wait wait, see, wait, 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 wait. Ian's see, been Andrew, doing that. Okay. Oh, he he. No, I'm gonna explain this. You you've lost. Okay. Your just 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 <laughs> explain the setup to it at least. Basically, the, the, the setup, I believe, was he did a tweet, uh, I think it was, like, last weekend, that was something along the lines of, um, I think it was in, in part of, like, Dr. Stone is gonna be on Toonami. Right. Uh, he was talking about, you know, you know, I've, I've done characters, it's, it's nice to be here on Toonami, and so I just wanted to tell you, and he just, at the end of it is just two pictures, which is Mikasa from Attack on Titan and Tsukasa from It's this. like, it's, Toonami has been a home to me, me. To those who are new to my home, I say welcome. Mikasa Isukasa. God damn it! <laughs> it took me like a solid five minutes to get that, and when I did, I oh, that was that's good. Oh my god, that's good. Now I want to find it and favorite that tweet just because it's so goddamn. Good. Oh, when he makes bad puns, suddenly it's charming because he's famous. That's a good. That's a good. But when I make bad puns, Andrew, one. you've lost your hosting privileges. Go into corner. <laughs> 
Because you are terrible and you also don't stop. <sighs> you do them for like five hours. Everyone's a critic. I found it. I retweeted it. I love you, yeah, but yes, no. yes, we are. That's the point. You're of the right. Podcast. We are critics. Thank you. I love you for being engaging people to have discussions with. I love you, Fox. I love you too, you asshole. <laughs> anyway. Please continue. But now that now, now that I've sung the praises of Ian Sinclair, let's talk about Aaron. I'm so happy this performance exists. <laughs> he's so he's so good. He's just, I can't I can't think of another actor I'd ever want playing Senku. He's so perfect. He's just the right level of like kind of snotty and rude, but all but in like kind of a playful way. Like he's clearly used to like 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 you know like him being really smart and Taiju being really dumb. Like that is clearly a gag that they have developed over years of being friends between the two of them. Even if it is like true, it's one um, it's one of those the, things where it's like the sky grass is green, the sky is blue. <laughs> Exactly, it's like there there is a charming rudeness to him that I think always takes the edge off when he like kind of insults people because there's always that sense of like uh, he this is how he communicates to the world but he's not doing it because he looks down on people he's just he's just kind of sarcastic it's his way um, he is he's so funny any just I, I we need more shows where robotic Aaron Dismuke tells us to not make bombs in our apartments because it's illegal and you the only show i could see that realistically happening in would be blood blockade battlefront andrew who cares about realism i just wanted whatever uh demon slayer yes hinamatsuri yes go edit it into monster in retrospect yes great all of them improves everything (laughs) (laughs) oh my god he is he's just He's really good in here. He's he's good at he's he's good at the jokes. He's good at explaining the science stuff, and it never it always feel, it feels fun. It you 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 compare him to Bill Nye, but I actually think that's not a bad point of reference. Like this feels very much like yeah, science is fun, isn't it? But not in like a like a condescending way. Just kind of like yeah, this is how all this stuff you use works. Isn't this fascinating? Man, if you want a bad point of reference, I have a little rant by the end of my section. It'll be quick, I promise. Oh, God. But so, oh, no. so long as it doesn't have stupid rock puns. This again. one's not going to be rock puns. This one's going to be actual discussion. But yeah. Good. All right. Um, he's just yeah, he's just really delightful in this. I liked him. He 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 bounces off all the other characters so well. Uh, the only question I ever have is why is his hair dyed like he's a leak? <laughs> I want to know. Because <laughs> fuck you. That's looks why. Like a, looks like looks like a spring onion. I demand answers. Because fuck you. That's why. Yeah. All he right. had his hair like that to uh, warn, war- to send off any stray cats. Because fuck you, that's mm-hmm. why. Stray yes. cats? Oh, I make a fruits basket reference because Kyo doesn't like leaks. I haven't keep. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, no, Aaron is absolutely delightful in this. He is. He is. He is so. He's so strong. I'm so glad they cast him. There's. There's like. The rest of this cast, like, this whole cast is great, but even if they weren't, Aaron is good enough to carry the show by himself, I think. Like, I'm really mm. impressed by him. All right. Can I say Can I say one thing real quick? What? I'm just going through my Instagram right now, and Funimation posted a picture. Um, the caption is, don't you just love good hair days? 
the picture is from Dr. Stone. Uh, you know oh, the yeah. static electricity when they grab thing? The, when they grab the sulfur <laughs> ball and their hair just goes nuts. It's, yep, it's Senku's hair just like puffed out from it and Chrome is just looking all like, oh my god, this is magic. It's God great. bless. Sorry, I had to say okay. that. Okay, uh, Jet, I really want to, I'm curious about these. Okay, um, uh, so there's something I'm surprised you didn't mention when you were going over, uh, roles they've done, but I guess I, like, the only person here who would get that particular reference, so I'll get, get to that later. Um, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, I will start with Tsukasa. Uh, so out of all the casting choices in this show, uh, Ian Sinclair Tsukasa is probably by far the safest choice here. Uh, he's a pretty good vocal match for Yuichi Nakamura's baritone, and Tsukasa is pretty much in Ian's general wheelhouse when it comes to villain roles. Uh, that said, I definitely wouldn't call this a bad casting choice because, like everyone else in this dub, Ian gets a new character very quickly. Uh, he manages to mix Tsukasa with a sense of energy that manages to make him sound simultaneously charismatic and very likable, while also very intimidating and cold-blooded. Uh, he's delightful to listen to, and I especially appreciate how well he transitions from Tsukasa as this gentle protector who will punch a lion for you, to like to a murderous extremist without, you know, skipping a beat, and I thought he made both aspects feel like they could come from the same person, which is kind of scary in its own way. And uh, it's also kind of interesting that even though Tsukasa is known as the ultimate, hi- the ultimate private high schooler or what have you, and he's definitely pretty ripped, uh, he's definitely a very smart guy in Ian's performance methods to make him sound a lot more calculating and reserved than you might expect. Almost like, and I know Megan is definitely going to kill me for saying this, almost like an evil version of Yog Wenli. Okay, it is interesting to note this for two reasons. One, because Ian Sinclair obviously plays Yog Wenli in Legend of Galactic Heroes, and also because... Aaron, uh, yes! Aaron plays Reinhardt. It's Reinhardt, so you're right! So, so this is Yank versus Reinhardt, but opposite ideologies. You're <laughs> right! <laughs> I didn't even remember that. <laughs> Jet, you beautiful bastard, I love you. <laughs> they're the two leads all over again, and they're fighting each other. This is great. Uh, please, dub, please dub season two, please and thank you. Yes. Uh, Please. Okay, but yeah, uh, as I like Tsukasa's refined ability, though, I definitely gotta say the moment in Ian's performance that definitely won me over was the bit between him and Senku, where he admits that the two of them could have been friends in the modern age. And you know, him asking Senku to abandon science, and uh, twisted as Tsukasa is, you can kind of tell that in that moment he didn't really want to kill Senku if he didn't have to. And it definitely sold me on Tsukasa being at least a little bit complex as an antagonist, which is, uh, Definitely a little weird for me because I honestly didn't feel anything when I read this bit in the manga and Tsukasa kind of felt really one note for me as a villain until like maybe much, much later on in the manga. So I definitely got to give some props to the anime staff for how well that scene was directed because I actually felt something in that moment. So good job, guys. Mm. Uh, anyway, back to Ian. I'll definitely say that while he clearly wasn't my first pick for Tsukasa, he was definitely a very good one. And I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more of him when Tsukasa shows up again because I don't think we'll be hearing from him for a few episodes either. He's he's got to he's got to build up his own <laughs> kingdom. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, he's justified in not showing up for a while. Okay, he's got he's got a lot of people to wake up and a lot of others to kill. You yeah. know, yeah. as you do as, as you do when you're the leader of the kids next door. Okay. 
God damn it. Okay, uh, as for Senku, uh, also, even if I had made predictions for this dub underneath this episode was being dubbed at Funimation, Aaron Dazemuk is probably one of the last people I'd expect to play Senku. Uh, granted, he's played jerky characters before, and Senku was definitely within his vocal range. But if you put it aside that I so at least slightly associate him with the 2003 version of Alphonse Ulrich, I'm still pretty used to him playing very laid-back or, you know, more outwardly heroic personalities. Uh, but now that I've listened to him for a few episodes, I honestly can't really imagine anyone else playing Senku in English now. Uh, mm. Right away, Eren does a really mm. good job of capturing Senku's crudely blunt attitude and his kind of general callousness towards other people. It makes Senku always feel like the smartest guy in the room, even if he's never, like, really obnoxious about it. And, uh, like some of the other characters in this show have said themselves, Senku is the kind of guy who sounds like a villain even when he's being fairly well-intentioned. And it's a consistent twist in this to Aaron's voice that makes Senku kind of give up a bit of a mad scientist vibe without ever going super hammy. And I really appreciate it, it's a lot of fun to listen to. A lot of his interactions with Riko's Taiju are great. I love how even when Senku sounds like he's being a little demeaning towards Taiju, there's just enough playfulness in his soda you can tell that he really values him and kind of respects his tenacity. Uh, but for as great as Aaron's side of being a jerk, though, uh, we do get at least a couple of moments where Senku actually has to be, like, really sincere and emotional. And the whole flashback where he was kind of desperately pleading for Taiju to wake up, that actually hit me pretty hard, and it definitely really sold me on their whole connection. Even if it's not as important to the show as it could be in the grand scheme of things. Look, whether it's important to the grand scheme or not, I felt it in that moment, and I love these two as BFS for life, okay? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm just kind of being sorry. Okay, I'll I- <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, on that note, I'll definitely say that for as unconventional as Senku's personality is for the Shonen Jump protagonist, beneath all his attitude, he definitely has all the qualities of one. He's a guy who definitely values his friends when push comes to shove, and even his love of science is kind of connected to the whole spirit of perseverance that it represents, and the whole willingness to overgo the long process towards achieving your goals, which is, you know, pretty in line with the whole Shonen Jump powers of friendship friendship, effort, victory, and all that good jazz. Uh-huh. And uh, on the whole, I'd say Eren gets across his qualities as well as he does Senku being a bit of a jerk. And on the whole, this is probably one of my favorite performances from Eren in a while, and I definitely have to give Clifford some serious props on casting him. Uh, it's, mm. hard to, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say how long this anime dancer will be around for, but if I have to potentially listen to Senku for another 100-something episodes, I'm definitely glad I'll be listening to Eren's take on him, so good job. Hmm. Steph. Oh, where do I start? Uh, with Tsukasa, um, duh. You're right. Gotta save the best boy for last. Um, so, Tsukasa is a very interesting choice. Um, I know Jet was saying that Ian may seem like a safe choice, but at the same time, he it, it actually flows rather well. Um, I Personally, I don't... I don't necessarily think Ian's a safe choice. It's a very interesting one. Um, because Ian is very versatile as an actor in and of himself that he could almost pretty much easily slip into any role or any situation. Um, that's how much of a fantastic actor he is. And in terms of Sukasa, um, Sukasa, especially very early on, has this calm and calming tone. Um, almost like a noble kind of quality to him like this he tries to be humble he tries to fight for this noble cause that he 
deems him that he deems um trying to keep this world accessible for the young and for to keep it from the black and hearted adults I was going to finish my sentence after I yawned or restart it. Thank you. He was going to keep it from the black and hardened adults of the world. Um, so it's very interesting. And again, kind of like a, what I was mentioning before with my two predictions, there is, you have to, the biggest thing you have to play to, because um, watching it through the first time in the dub, well, actually the Japanese and then the dub, um, again, there's that subtle shift. It's Even though it's very... It's a very quick shift because it's in the same episode as he comes in. There's that shift in terms of his motivation and his um, personality. But um, watching it through again this time around, um, you can tell there are some of those early subtle hints that, oh, hey, Sukasa might actually be the bad guy, mostly from Senku. Because <laughs> Senku's like, what if we revived a sex-crazed tyrant or a murderer or something? Um, in referring to Tsukasa. Um, so it was a very interesting uh, referral to that. But there is that, it's supposed to be at least a subtle shift. It's not supposed to be extremely obvious that Tsukasa is supposed to be this villain. Um, so watching it on the first on the first run through, um, that subtlety is there. And I think Ian portrayed that very, very well uh, in terms of the shift from this helpful fighter helping to survive in this world with these other guys into this is my ideal my ide my ideology now this is my mo my motivation and my thinking this is a noble cause this is what i want to do um it's a it's it's a subtle enough shift that's not that obvious um on the first watch through and that's good um but other than that uh, <laughs> after that point dear god ian knows how to be menacing he really does. Uh, and Tsukasa can be so menacing and threatening. But like Jet and Amon were saying, he has those moments of sincerity and also this gentleness to him. Uh, particularly the moments where he's talking to Senku like, I wish we really could have been friends. Um, and I think another standout moment for me could be... Um, the moment on the moment on the seashore before that subtle change in his character um where he's referring to the world that they're in now and he's telling the story about when he was younger and he was collecting seashells for his sick sister and how he got beaten up by an adult um who owned the land um and you can just tell there was some kind of pain and torment from that that really just scarred him very very well and i very much and i think it came through very well um but yeah ian definitely solid um i said this earlier i had two reasons why i'm now officially here mm. <laughs> and aaron asenku is the other one um holy mother of god i am so happy that it was aaron that ended up <laughs> taking on this role it is a it's a very large departure from what we usually know Aaron for. Um, and it's kind of hilarious that you brought up Reinhardt too, actually. Here's my thinking of what Aaron's Senku is, all right? All right. It's, it's the serious kind of dramatic baritone voice that we heard from Reinhardt, right? right? From uh, Galactic Heroes. Mixed with the snarky personality and almost the slight sarcastic 
humor and the confidence of Pecco from Ping Pong the Animation. Really? Okay. Okay. You can see it now, right? Shit, yes, actually. It's a combination of those two, and it actually works very, very well, because this kind of character is one that, again, we never really, or possibly I've never seen Aaron portray before, and it's a very interesting, complex character. It's an amalgamation of these different things that Aaron has previously done, uh, rolled into one, and just by how it sounds is great. And like I said earlier when we were talking about um, Cliff as a director, Senku has a lot of sarcastic and dry humor to him, and dry humor can sometimes be very difficult to portray. So, <laughs> kudos to again to Aaron on portraying that sarcastic, dry humor that Senku has. Because, dear sweet lord, those little jabs that he sometimes gets in there are the greatest thing in the world to me. Again, the whole smartphone thing. Like, oh, it's like, what's the most important thing we need? Smartphones! Oh, yeah, that's definitely what we need right now. Um, he's, he's, Senku is confident. He's intelligent. Um, he's, he's, he's such a fun personality. And he's a very interesting and intriguing uh, shonen protagonist. Um, I think the main thing that makes him different from shonen protagonist is the fact that he's a very brainy, intelligent kind of guy. Um, Otherwise, a lot of qualities from uh, shonen protagonists are very similar. Uh, so it's very interesting to see. Uh, but, oh my god. <laughs> so what you're saying is, you think it's great. Wrong. I think it's fantastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Definitely my favorite performance of the show. And I'm in the same camp as Jet. I can't see any other English voice for Senku and I will be very happy that if this does continue and keep taking off and we get more scenes of seasons of it in the future I will be very happy with keeping Aaron as Senku in the future mm -hmm. okay so first I will go with uh Tsukasa I will say this I think Ian is a good pick but I think while most everybody else kind of clicked right away when I first heard them play their characters I think Tsukasa's at was the one it took a little bit longer to click with because I think I sort of forgot how kind of soft and like friendly he was at the start and Ian does sound really casual and friendly as Tsukasa almost like too much so at the start until I realized that's sort of a false sense of security and then once he really steps into it shows his true color you hear that like diabolical two-faced nature and almost that kind of bloodlust do what must be done to keep the world the way i want it to be and you really hear it a lot more in his tone when he's ready to be more evil and menacing and there's a couple of moments where he actually does get genuinely really chilling like one of my favorite things is like when they're talking about oh he's a killer so he's like oh so i'm killing them you say i think it's a matter of perspective I call it culling them for the benefit of the new world. I'm like, ooh, ooh, that delivery. Ooh, is bad. Like, because I really was thinking he sounded a little too casual and friendly. And even after he's a villain, I'm like, sometimes he's a little bit too casual. But honestly, he does a really good job and makes himself sound a little more complex and complicated as a character. Somebody who genuinely does... He's doing this not because he dislikes Senku. It's because he respects Senku that he realizes, I can't have you around if I want what I want. 
and he respects him, and wa that's why he wants to give him a painless death. They are very intelligent people with that are such odds with each other, and I think Ian does a really good job portraying that. Let's talk about let's talk about Aaron Dismukas Sanku though. Sanku is a very complicated, faceted character that's really interesting, really different. He's basically playing the part of an evil villain, mad scientist, who also really does secretly care and want to save the world, realizing he's the only one that can do it. He plays this character with a level of sass, gruffness, and, like, dubious, like, evil, in air quotes, that really makes him a... Very, very compelling actor for the part. Like, he has these... Gr he makes him sound really smart by using a lot of, like, scientific terminology, video game references, but also sounding a little bit goofy and pragmatic. Like, one of my favorite scenes is, like, when he's bouncing off of Taiju, when Taiju's like, We met by the Buddha! Which, by the way, I love the way uh, Brittany plays the Buddha scene, and she's really emotional. She's the only one that thinks about her parents, by the way. Everybody else is like, yeah, fuck mom and dad. Well... So, oh, sort yeah. of um anyways uh it's like oh man the buddha kept us here to meet for a reason it's like yeah no it's just it's just kind of rotting it's with its copper it's like yeah there's nothing growing around it isn't that crazy yeah it's because it's leaking all this copper that's kind of killing all the vegetation we could use that for stuff it'd be great but he's just he's always thinking about all these master plans and he's got an evil grin to his face but he just has these great line deliveries when he's trying to be snarky. Like, a couple of dudes trying to restart civilization. That'd be weird, right? But also just this level of passion for science. The love of what human ingenuity can do is great. And it's just... One of the things I think is sort of unsung, you would assume Senku is sort of like a dickhead who doesn't care about people. You would assume that's the way he acts, but he cares a lot about people. And he cares a lot about Taiju and Yuzuriha. And he cares about the people he befriends in the village. Where he, basically Taiju's willing to throw himself away for the sake of humanity. But then he's like, if humanity's gonna live, we need muscle as well. If we make a run for it, it's imperative we do it together. And when he is in a he's tossed in a corner and is willing to sacrifice like Yuzuria is willing to sacrifice herself she's willing to sacrifice herself for the greater good but he gives it up away knowing that he cares for her and he believes in her and he believes in the greatness of humanity he believes in it so much and god he's a really interesting character and really this is one of the most complex and interesting Aaron Dismuke performances I've heard in a long time and considering I was so dead set on Robbie Damon for a long time the fact that Aaron Dismuke has really solidified himself as Senku Ishigami to me as the voice of Senku Ishigami to me it's really a testament how fucking perfect he is as this character he's goofy he's evil he's maniacal he's clever he's smart he's caring he's Really, really compelling to watch. And Aaron Dismuke is really kind of standing up there as a really strong performance. Not only in this dub, but of the year for me. I, He is definitely one to watch by the time the year ends. That's all I'm saying. And if I may make a quick rant, because this was something that happened at the start of the show. But I would like to make it very clear for anybody who genuinely makes this joke. 
Any, uh, anybody who unironically decides to compare Senku Ishigami to Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty is objectively wrong and dumb and arrogant to what these characters are trying to accomplish. I've seen at least more than one person say, oh, he's kind of like a Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. Do you even watch media? Do you read between the lines of anything you consume? Are you just dumb? Are you just memeing for the lulzies? Like... Yeah, yes, they are. Have I understand, but it's just... I've seen one person unironically be like, oh, he's just Rick. No. Here's the thing about Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. Rick Sanchez is a nihilist who is so broken and doesn't care about his own place in the universe and is so gifted but doesn't give a shit about the things he's capable of and doesn't give a shit about the people around him and will mostly do things for the greater good except when it comes to his family. Like, everybody else can go fuck themselves. But he doesn't care. He's just dead inside and all the amazing things he can do just seem like a curse to him and a regret. That's not what... Senku is. Senku, as a character, is somebody who seems evil and maniacal, but is basically playing, like, a Saturday morning cartoon villain persona because he's really determined. He genuinely loves and admires humanity. He loves the things that they have done, they have created. He loves these, pe these people who came into his life and were there for him. He loves the support of his dad, who was willing to sacrifice, like, his car to buy him science equipment to explore the world of science. He loves his goofy, doofy friend who's really, really in love with this cute girl that he's also really friends with. He values them so passionately that he's willing to forego his own bravado and logic to save them and make sure they're okay. And when they do part, it's genuinely touching. And when they are reunited, it's great. Senku is a very caring person underneath the facade, even though he's kind of a dickhead at times, even though he is also unrelated. This is unrelated to my entire hypothesis, but Senku is probably the most asexual shonen protagonist since Monkey D. Luffy, and I stand by that 110%. That had nothing to really do with this rant, but I just wanted to mention that because I believe it whole hog. But no, Senku is really interesting. He's a fascinating character. And even though it's sad I don't get to see Taiju as much, I think overall, switching to Senku as the main character was the right call at the end of the day. And Aaron Dismuke is such a wonderful performance. And with that, it's time we go to final thoughts. Aban, please round us off and then we can go to bed. Uh, before I do, I have, I have a dumb question for you. I have a dumb answer. Sure. Uh, so Sukasa is he's this big muscly guy with long hair and he's what the the ultimate primate high schooler or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is Sukasa an evil gender bent version of Sakura from Danganronpa? <gasps> okay, you kid. I was thinking about this, but I forgot about it earlier. Okay, <laughs> legitimately, 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 Sukasa Shishio is. You could put him in a Danganronpa game. He would fit. He believe he is a good person who would get along with people, but he would be willing to kill for the sake of those he cares for. He would be willing to kill and murder for his ideals. He would be a villain in the Andrew, trial, but you. he would genuinely Andrew, feel bad you. about it. Kill the <laughs> oh no, down. he started. Look what you've done. No, Sukasa would actually be a dog and roper character. Andrew. He would be a okay. Stop okay. it. I'm sorry. Thank you, Amon, for being on the same page as me. Please continue. You're final welcome. thoughts. 
this this dub is great. I think it is supremely well cast. I think it's well directed. I think it's well written. I'm really happy that it's on Toonami because I know that a lot of people who aren't super into anime and like I'm gonna keep up with every season kind of stuff like still get a lot of their anime through stuff like Toonami and like whatever's on Netflix and Hulu so I'm and you know you know not on like your Crunchyroll Funimation high dive you know streaming services uh so I'm really happy it's gonna reach a wider audience I think this is really well done and I think you know I, I'm happy it's gonna get more eyeballs on it I think it's really good mm. root that uh, 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 ah fuck wrong one uh, tired Wrong one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Jet. 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 Oh, uh, sorry. Da-da. Why are you sorry? I'm sorry because I. Uh, you know what? Let's forget anything. Jet, okay. please continue. Um. So while I've never been like super, super in love with Doctor Stone, I've definitely enjoyed the manga ever since it debuted and jumped. And I was really looking forward to checking out the anime. Uh, so far, it's been a pretty great adaptation that really kind of captures how fun all the show's science antics can be. Well, also still delivering on some pretty solid show to drama and some pretty good comedy. I'm a little bummed that this season probably won't get to the end of the Stone Wars arc since I really, really wanted it to, but that's mostly just a nitpick. And in a lot of ways, I'd say the anime has actually improved my opinion of the series quite a bit, and it's definitely given me a pre deeper appreciation for the first arc with Kaiju and Yuzuria. I definitely liked it a lot more than I did in the manga. Uh, as for the dub, it's mm. definitely a rock-solid production so far, both in terms of the voice direction and the script. And I definitely think they'll please any long-time manga readers. And uh, while I definitely wasn't expecting this to be a Funimation dub, given all the previous signs, I'm definitely glad that Clifford Chapin managed to put together a pretty strong cast, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from them down the road. Excellent. Steph? As it... <laughs> So this is one of the few summer shows I've been following because, again, time is a thing I don't have. Um, but as one of the few shows that I'm watching, I'm glad it is one of the few shows that I'm actually keeping up with because this show is fantastic and the dub is downright amazing. Um, it's solid on the directing and the writing front. It has a lot of humor. It has a lot of sincerity. It has a lot of fun, sarcastic, intelligent moments. Um, and the performances in here are rather diverse, and they're all very, very solid, uh, especially especially with Aaron Dismuga Senku. Um, again, a very different kind of character than, than what we've seen him before uh, portray, and probably... Uh, it's, it, I don't know if it'll be the same <laughs> kind of character that he'll ever play. I, I don't think we'll have, ever see it again, um, in theory, but Lord knows, who knows? Um, there are so many elements to this, um, the humor in it, the sincerity, um, the action, the drama, all this fun stuff. There's a lot of stuff in it. It culminates together and really solid job on the on the directing and writing front for making this a very enjoyable adaptation um i'm gonna have to go read the manga now <laughs> i feel like i which need you to. just bought I literally bought at like, the start of this i episode. bought it like five minutes before we started recording <laughs> i'm like so, i'm gonna buy this <laughs> so we made a we made a fan out of her yes yep. i'm happy so when, okay. when when a show is that good that i have to go find the manga now you done good so we're good it's very solid and i think it's definitely one of it's definitely my favorite show of the summer even though i don't have many under my belt but it also could potentially be one of my favorites from the year as well cool 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 i have been really enjoying the manga i'm not like 
I like Jet. I wasn't in love with it, but I really have a fun time reading it. There's a lot of passion, energy, and heart into it, and I think the anime does a really stellar job at making it very emotionally compelling and gripping and make me appreciate some things I didn't always appreciate. There's some things we didn't talk about that I think should be uh, rectified. Uh, the OST, the scoreness, is amazing. It's wonderful. It's so powerful. It conveys a lot of emotional and energy. The One of the things that was planned about for making it adaptation is they wanted a studio that can make nature look beautiful. And TMS... Well, this is not like a amazing sakuga level show they make the background and the nature feel alive and look phenomenal N nature really does look truly spectacular in this anime and they do a very good job with the emotional moments the comedic moments and all that the english dub of this is really really strong clifford chapin is somebody i've expected good things from but even i wasn't expecting a couple of really compelling and unique casting decisions for this dub especially with the likes of aaron aaron dismuke as senku which really really shocked the hell out of me all in all this english dub is fantastic and i highly recommend you watch it i 10 billion percent recommend this show please watch it and get excited and if you would like to watch the show you can watch it subbed on crunchyroll and verbed and you can watch the dub on funimation now or broadcasting currently on toonami and if you would like to check us out we are the dub talk podcast you can find us on youtube at dub talk podcast you can find us over on twitter instagram twitch we also have a Kofi account if you want to give us little tip jars. And we also have patrons. We have a Patreon as well. And we would like to thank our wonderful, beautiful patrons. Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, Nico Robin but with Yaoi Hands, Brad Mitchell, Carly Lestikow, Jacob Wilson, Jared, Marissa Lenti, and Wee Y'all are beautiful, wonderful people and we appreciate your support and love your faces. Anyways, uh, if you would like to find uh, yourselves on the internet, uh, where can the beautiful people find you online? Uh, very quickly, you can find me on Twitter at DivineDega, where I will usually be talking about cartoons or anime or some nonsense. Uh, you can also occasionally find me on my blog, Animation Infinity, where I sometimes do anime reviews. I'm currently doing reviews for Astro Lost in Space. I so did finish my review for this week. Mm, looking forward to it when I finally catch up. Uh, Steph. My name is Stephanie. I am also known as Lilac in some circles. You can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. I also have a blog that is long overdue to get updated. Maybe when I finally have free time, I'll do it. Uh, Lifeandtimesotaku.wordpress.com And Amon, where can the people find you? And yes. Uh, you can find me at US on Twitter. Duel has two U's in it. I talk about movies and comic books and music and so on. I have a song if you'd like one. Of course, course I'd like do. one. I'd like a dusty old song. Uh, well, I tried to think of something clever for this episode, but whenever I think of Dr. Stone, I just end up thinking of the They Might Be Giant song, Dr. Worm, uh, which is about a worm, but he is not a real doctor. But he does like to play the drums, and he's getting pretty good at it, but he's open to criticism. <laughs> that sounds entertaining. Uh, it is. Uh, they are giants is, is pretty good for this. They're kind of a bad. They're they're not. They're kind of a bad sciencey band. They have a whole children's album about science. I'm a big fan of their song uh, for science, 
uh, which is about the lead character very selflessly offering to date the uh, female invading aliens from Venus for science. Interesting. I ship it. Yeah, no, they're 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 cut ups. I like them. They're from around here, actually. Nice. All right. Anyways, uh, that, that's my go. Listen to Doctor Worm and then listen to everything else. TMG is TMDG has ever put out. All right, and my name is Andrew, aka Classy Spartan. You can follow me on Twitter at MangaMan9000. I am a community manager and moderator over on the Funimation Discord and forums, and I am also a podcaster on. Uh, pod, uh, Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA alongside fellow Dub Talk cohorts right next to me, Jet. And with that, I think it's time we call it a night. Thank you all for watching. It's been a pleasure. It's been a blast. I've had a lot of rock jokes, but I need to think of some science-y ones. Anybody got any any good science puns? Nope. Yep, I'm way too tired. Uh... Something something periodic too. Haha! <laughs> no, I got one. Good night, all everyone. I don't even think I understood that joke, and I still thought it was bad. I know. Good bad though. Good bad. Okay, Seth, we've been spending this entire night yeah. ducking at Andrew. Do we have to do the same to you now? Look, I only yes. No, that, that was about, no, I only that was, did the that was one. a better joke than his. I only did the one oh. joke though. You can't get me that bad. That was still a better joke than anything. Yeah! Thank you! Oh. Yes. I'm done with you people. I'm done. I'm going I'm going to bed. Good night. Otaku on, my friends, and get excited. Get excited. Get excited.